0: Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 128 of Let's Get Haunted. Yeah, the episode for today, I think it might
1: be one of our most important episodes because this is something that is very, very, very haunted and we have the power to make it not be so haunted.
0: And you know what else isn't haunted? This episode is sponsored by Manscaped.
1: Allie, you know those kids who are terrified of Santa, like they sit on his lap and they start crying because they really don't like it? Maybe they're not afraid of Santa. Maybe they're afraid of Santa's beard. Oh
0: my God, because it's unkempt. If you're tired of finding Santa's beard in someone's (laughs) pants, then you need to gift them the performance package 4.0. Now you might be asking yourself, the performance package 4.0, is the lawnmower 4.0 included (laughs) in this package? And the answer to that is yes. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe technology that can be used in the shower. I
1: know you guys have heard the words performance package 4.0 so often that they've lost all meaning. So I'm just going to tell you what that means. Inside the performance package 4.0, there is a crop preserver, crop reviver, which is a pair of anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer and toner so that you can keep your North Pole feeling and smelling fresh.
0: You know, it occurs to me as you're describing this ball deodorizing product that someone who could have really benefited from it might be Spring-Heeled Jack, mm-hmm. who was often seen gallivanting about the many busy streets of Victorian London, sometimes wearing a bear skin and other times wearing a full-blown suit of armor. Mm-hmm. In both cases, and especially knowing the lack of proper baths in Victorian England. I just know that he was having a rough time down there. Thank goodness that we don't live in Victorian England. We actually live in modern times and we can take full advantage of the ultra premium body wash by Manscaped. Now this body wash can be used all over the body, including your groin, and it's infused with aloe vera and sea salt Mm. to keep your skin feeling clean. Sea salt? Well, I tell you what, Natalia, you know what else is in the sea? Organism 46B, allegedly, and the black diver. Now, I think that we should all be using products that are good enough for mythical beings. If sea salt is good enough for the organism 46B (laughs) that apparently was caught by Putin and used to poison some of his adversaries. That it's certainly good enough for me. And it smells so good. I guarantee that everyone in your household is going to want to use this body wash. You're going to have to fight them off, perhaps with the Lawnmower 4.0, which as we discussed last episode, doubles as a weapon. You know what, you guys, this
1: performance package from Manscaped, it's going to change some lives. When you have access to the Body Buffer, the Lawnmower 4.0, the Crop Preserver, and the Crop Reviver, and the Boxers, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) to complete the whole fucking thing. No one is going to fuck with your shit.
0: Get the performance package 4.0. Use our discount code, which is let's get haunted, all one word for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. I think what better gift to give this holiday season than the gift of hygiene. And
1: balls. you guys know someone who seems really uncomfortable and you're not sure why and you're like, I don't know if they like me or they just always have to go, they might have like a huge bush that they don't know what to do <laughs> with. So if you gift them this lawnmower 4.0, it's now giving them the freedom to explore the options of cutting that down. Who knows? Maybe they're shy. Maybe they don't want to go to the grocery store. Maybe they're Amish and they do- can't, they're not allowed to
0: go to a store. Wouldn't that be a conundrum? <laughs> but not anymore because you can do the sinful thing for them Mm -hmm. by going on the evil internet and buying the performance package 4.0.
1: If you like to crop dust boy do we have something for you. The crop reviver (laughs) and the crop preserver (laughs) are going to help keep your crop dusting to a hygienic minimum or maximum that is your choice. (laughs) Uh, I do take problem with it. I do think crop dusters are some of the lowest (laughs) scum of this earth (laughs) but they deserve to be comfortable because I I am someone who believes all humans should be able to enjoy their lives.
0: I want you to know that I'm very close to throwing up because <laughs> my hangover is catching up to me and I've had too much caffeine. But you know what won't make you throw up? Getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code Let's Get Haunted at manscaped.com. And now back to your regularly scheduled haunting. Now, Natalia, how are you doing this fine evening? Uh, I'm feeling pretty amped up from that manscaped read. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Do you have any personal hauntings you'd like to share on this episode? <sighs> this episode
1: is a personal haunting. So normally on this podcast, when you start researching a topic, it's like usually historical or it's something where there's not a lot of evidence. This is something where there is a lot of evidence and it's kind of like an ongoing haunting oh. and it's pretty crazy. And I am very happy to announce that our podcast is 100% going to be used after this episode to help out a lot of people. We are about to have some really valuable interviews with some people who have never before spoken about this haunting. This is a real one. And is this something that's currently like still happening? Oh, yeah. This is something that is actively going on. I feel like we just need to get into it because I just need to tell you this because this is so crazy that I'm like, this is not even like me trying to scare you. This is just like scary.
0: Well, then I I'm going to go ahead and throw up a legal disclaimer right now and say that if this is ongoing, I'm just going to go ahead and say that all of this is alleged. All opinions are not ours. It's from the sources and the people that are interviewed and everything's just alleged and just keep that in mind.
1: For legal purposes, this is an urban legend that is gaining traction and no one can confirm nor deny if it's fact or fiction. And we're just an entertainment podcast who is entertaining And if you would like to persecute anyone, you can look in our sources and see where we got this information from. Like I said, I cannot confirm nor deny whether this information is accurate or not.
0: I kind of look at us as like a rudimentary Wikipedia where there is no fact checking and there are no quality contributors. It's just us regurgitating information that we heard and or read. Mm -hmm. Without further ado.
1: The Yellow Deli is a popular eatery in Vista, California. It's about a 45-minute drive north of San Diego. In California, this particular deli has two locations, and for decades, it remained open 24 hours a day. With 27 locations worldwide, including Spain, Japan, Brazil, Argentina, Australia, and the UK, it's easy to pop in and try out the menu, which is often made from scratch, using ingredients from the Yellow Deli's own farms. Grab a delicious sandwich like the Reuben, Deli Rose, or a veggie burger. Try a soup or salad made from veggies grown on their farms and with artisan breads made in-house. For dessert, help yourself to the best sweet potato pound cake around. Again, it's made by hand. As a refreshing drink, gulp down a Brazilian yerba mate tea, which is harvested by their own friends in Brazil. If you go to the Yellow Deli website, you'll find a page that reads, It's simple food, made with care, and often from scratch. We're happy to serve you with the same love that we've been shown. We want the deli to be a place for everyone. Simple, wholesome food. And I'm gonna show you a picture of the very first yellow deli here. So this is one that opened up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh,
0: wow. So Natalia is showing me a sepia-toned photo um, it looks to be pretty old. There is a wooden building with an awning in front of it. There are some people sitting on a bench. All These people appear to be pretty young, maybe in their 20s or 30s. And then there is a sign that says the Yellow Deli. That is from their very first location, which
1: opened in May of 1973. Here's a picture of the Yellow Deli that is in Vista, California. So you can see. Oh, wow. That food looks good. Yeah, there's the menu.
0: Menu looks nice and simple. It almost looks like uh like a placemat style yeah. menu. And then Natalia showing me some really delectable looking photographs of a uh pickle and a hamburger. And the inside of that yellow deli that's
1: in Vista, California is it kind of looks like something you would see in Harry Potter. It's like Hogwarts. Like see how yeah. it's all like fantastical and fairyland and like it's dark wood. It all kind of follows this groovy like nineteen seventies, like late nineteen sixties sort of like summer of love free love look like all the text is kind of that groovy drippy font and there's flowers and then here's the building the restaurant yeah
0: yeah I mean it looks like a little cottage it's very cute yeah so it's a successful franchise you can look
1: up the yellow deli you might have one in your town I actually wholesome it is really yeah it looks really wholesome it looks sweet it's just uh it's got great food people who have eaten there on Yelp uh say that it's amazing you know the photos look good it's also really affordable so that you know people really like to go in here for just a quick bite. Everyone's really friendly, homemade from scratch food. Most of it is organic. It's just good stuff. But to say that this franchise has been successful would be an understatement. In May of 1973, the first Yellow Deli opened in Chattanooga, Tennessee. According to the About Us page on the Yellow Deli website, the founders of this first deli, quote, Thought they could open up a little place where people could come and sit down and not feel rushed to leave. People could ask questions if they wanted to and could find a little refuge from the pressures of life. But there needed to be a place for people to get a break and sit down and think about the deep things of life. So they decided to make a nice, comfortable place with good food and maybe a chance to touch hearts with those passing through the doors. It could be a friendly spot to meet their neighbors. End quote. So seems like a pretty wholesome reason to open a deli, right? Like you just want to just be a part of the community and just have nice conversations with people and just be like a place to to hang out. But then things kind of take a little shift in the last part of the About Us page on the Yellow Deli website. According to their website, the founders, quote, had run across a verse in the Bible about how being, quote, filled with the Holy Spirit meant that your life would produce a certain kind of fruit. That fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which is Galatians 5.22. So if it were possible to consistently demonstrate these qualities, it would surely create a very nice environment. Just having a place for people to come in and sit down would be so nice, so why not do it? We serve the fruit of the Spirit, why not ask, became their motto. For sure, people do not have to ask, but if people want to ask, they can. So the Yellow Deli was our Heavenly Father's gift to us when it first opened in May of 1973 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It was not a genius marketing plan, but just a simple attempt to do something to start to make a change. And that is the conclusion of the About Us page on the Yellow Deli website. What do you think about that?
0: Um, it's confusing to me because on one hand... I see them expressing lots of values that I think anybody would agree with, right? Like community and fresh food and taking an interest in your neighbor and stuff like that. Um, But then it is odd to me to think of a restaurant that has like Bible verses. Maybe, but maybe that's just because we're in California. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not super common here. Maybe in the South, it would be more common where you would go to a restaurant and like on their menu, it would say Galatians, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, But that to me is is odd um, because it makes me think like, is this attached to a church? Is it like...
1: Right. Like, is this like
0: a soup kitchen yeah. that you're
1: supporting type thing?
0: Or is it... Or maybe like the owner is a priest or something? I don't know. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, when I think of... Uh, places that
1: have Bible verses, I think, doesn't Chick-fil-A, like they're closed on Sundays because the owners are religious. And I think on the bottom of their like bags and stuff, they have John oh, 316.
0: Oh, I don't even know. I just know that they're really good at taking care of gluten-free customers. This is what I've heard. I haven't looked into it because I don't want to know bad things about Chick-fil-A
1: because it's Chick-fil-A, guys. Please don't ruin it for me. <laughs> but I have heard that they're closed on Sundays because they're religious and that yeah, they um, I, are that
0: Christians. Yeah, that doesn't bother me because In California, there's a law anyway that says seventh consecutive day of work has to be voluntary. So it doesn't bother me that they're closed on Sundays.
1: In 2008, a complaint was filed that the Yellow Deli failed to pay the minimum wage in California. The 10 employees who worked at the Yellow Deli were making under the state's minimum wage requirement. In fact, they weren't making anything. The state fined the Yellow Deli business $10,000. $1,000 $1,000 for each employee working without a wage. But the Yellow Deli fired back with a counter lawsuit. You see, the Yellow Deli is owned by an entity operating as a 501D, which is defined as a religious and apostolic association or corporation. The Yellow Deli is a for-profit religious sect that does not have to operate under state employment laws because the people who run the deli are not employees but rather volunteers. All of the people who work or rather volunteer at the Yellow Deli do so without any pay at all, willingly.
0: Allie, do you know what a 501D is? No, I've never heard of that before. I know like a 501C3 is supposed to be a charity, right?
1: Yeah. So a 501D status grants a community tax-exempt status to own land and conduct for-profit or non-profit business. The only stipulation is that any profits from the business get redistributed to each member that same fiscal year. Those profits will then be filed on individuals' tax information instead of the company as
0: a whole. Oh, well, that's interesting. I've never heard of that before. So rather than getting any money at all during the year, at the end of the year, they'll split the profits evenly. Is that what you're saying? Basically, the 501D status is allowing a business
1: to operate as uh, like a, a tax exempt business. And all that they have to do is make sure that they are redistributing their profits to the members in that same fiscal year. The taxes don't get taken out of the business's profits. People at the yellow daily will make money from this company or whatever and then they'll pay individual taxes on that money that they made okay does that make sense sure basically shit's fucking different That's the point, okay? (laughs) It turns out that all of the people who volunteer at the Yellow Deli are part of a religious group that's known as the 12 Tribes. Have you ever
0: heard of this religious group, the 12 Tribes? 12 Tribes. No, but it calls to mind like there were 12 apostles that Jesus had, right? I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah,
1: so there's a fucking fuck ton of information out here about these people and it's it's just like Christianity, right? Like we could tell a million stories about the people who founded this shit, people who disagreed with it, all of the different sects that came off of, Christianity like you know like Martin Luther's putting a paper on a door there's a lot of drama that happened around this right so in an interest of keeping this episode concise and haunted I'm gonna skip some of that stuff that's just not that interesting I already fucking took a hard one by explaining what this 501d yeah. status meant so I feel like we're just gonna keep people on the haunted track here okay um the twelve tribes it's a religious sect and if you want to know more about it you can look into it I'm just gonna tell you the haunted shit about it before the people began working at the Yellow deli. They had given all of their possessions and assets away, including any money that's in the bank, and they began living life communally as Jesus did. The money that the Yellow Deli generates takes care of any financial needs the members of the 12 tribes might have, from clothing to food, education to health care. Even their children are raised communally. The women in the 12 tribes dress conservatively. They wear no makeup and their hair is worn in a modest braid or tied under a scarf. Their clothes are often handmade and cover their frames with long skirts, and many women wear socks with sandals. Their arms are covered except for the occasional rolled-up sleeve, which exposes a forearm. The men look like Jesus of Nazareth. Long hair, long beards, and sandals. They rename themselves Hebrew names. Some people might mistake these people for Amish or Mennonites. Leaders of the 12 tribes are known as shepherds, and they lead worship services every morning and evening. Non-members, guests, or potential new members are welcome to attend Friday evening services. They do not watch TV or read the news, which they refer to as sensationalism. During the day, if they're not working in the cafe, they're homeschooling their children or completing other community-based tasks. Family values are at the forefront of their beliefs, and these values follow a strict morality which allows no leniency. A member of the Twelve Tribes is quoted as saying, quote, Where the Puritans failed, we hope to succeed, end quote. You see, the Puritans had not lived communally, and that is what he is referring to as a failure. The Twelve Tribes live in communes as they believe that communal living is essential for salvation. The Free Paper, which is their communal paper distributed at the Yellow Deli, claims that a disciple's life is, quote, a tribal life. Families, clan, and tribes stand in stark contrast to the suburban loneliness of the world, end quote. There are over 3,000 members of the 12 tribes worldwide, and it's still growing. This particular group has been around since the 70s, and like many other counterculture hippie groups of the free love era, it started as a counterculture commune. Back in the 70s, there was this thing called the Jesus movement going on that happened in the Bible Belt where people were really drawn to the way that Jesus lived mm-hmm. and they really wanted to follow. It was like really focusing less on the like religious dogma and more on like the love of Jesus as a prophet, like loving mankind, you know, providing services for each other and just like reaching out to our community and loving my brothers and sisters. That sounds positive. Yeah. So there was this Bible study group in Chattanooga, Tennessee, led by this high school teacher and guidance counselor who was named Gene Spriggs and his fourth wife. It had basically started by Gene teaching at the local church and then they went to church and it was closed for the Super Bowl. And he was like, "Okay, clearly these people like don't they care more about the Super Bowl than they care about worship. And he just didn't jive with that. So he started a Bible study group out of his home and, you know, children would come, people would come, whatever, teenagers would come and he would preach to them. And he kind of started his own following that way. And it kind of became a place where people would hang out in their house it evolved into a coffee shop that was led out of their house that they called the light i believe and people just hung out there and he would preach to them so yeah so it was kind of like this time of communes right we've talked about some haunted communes before on this podcast charles manson yeah there was a lot of those that weren't that haunted but there were haunted ones but what they didn't have unlike the other groups that were communal that took place during that era the 12 tribes were super into living like they did in biblical times And yes, I mean that they literally live like they did in biblical times. That means that they would dress like biblical figures, talk like they did in the Bible, share the same perceived ideas about marriage, sex, race, and child rearing as they did in the Bible. And modern Christians interpret a lot of the doctrine much differently than the 12 tribes do. In fact, most of the text that the 12 tribes uses to push their agenda uh, really makes no mention of race and does not outright advocate for any sort of child rearing practices. But they nonetheless use the text as they see fit. Mm. The bio from the Yellow Deli website continues. Quote, "We saw a pattern that was established in the first century church, a life in which all who believed lived together and had all things in common." Acts 2:44. Actually, we saw that there were several verses in the Bible that paint a vivid picture of the daily life of the original church, which looks much different from the religious experience most of us had growing up. Those original believers who lived communally as described in Acts 4:32, were not just any old people. They were the famous first apostles, like Peter, James, and John, and the Apostle Paul. Those are the people who were writing the New Testament that we treasure so much today. Plus, other famous people from the Bible were there in that community, like the Virgin Mary. Those who were healed by the Savior, plus many others who were personally touched by the message of the Son of God, as he walked among them. We know that those people lived like that because the Bible says, quote, all who believed were together and shared all things in common, end quote. So surely the word all would have included them. So the way they lived after our savior was resurrected and went to be with his father is graphically described in the Bible in Acts 2 and 4 so that we can all know what they did when they first received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Though many feel as if the community life of the original church was just a fleeting experiment that soon ended, to us, it appears to be the standard of how things should be for believers. So we've set ourselves to live that way. So living after the pattern of the original church in Jerusalem in 30 AD has been our goal. We must remain in unity and allow nothing to divide us. The unity of the disciples was central and essential to the message of the son of god but it's little spoken of today hopefully there can be a restoration of how things used to be
0: end quote what do you think about that you know what to be honest with you it's just reminding me about how dirty and gross things were in the 1800s <laughs> and then now i'm thinking of like biblical times right and so i'm i'm just so curious like to know how far they go into living Like the figures in the Bible. You know, like, are they bathing once a month? Are they, I mean, I don't know anything about the times, the Bible times. Actually, now that I think about it, I have no clue what the historical stuff was. I just know what I learned in Sunday school, which included things like your wife turns to a pillar of salt or something, (laughs) and then you've got to fight a big monster. And so, I feel like the modern Christian would probably interpret a lot of those stories as like more allegories, and it sounds like they're looking at a lot of this stuff literally.
1: I love that you are like, what does that mean, living biblically? So I'm going to show you some pictures, so that way you can kind of get the gist. Here is a photo of a wedding that took place in the 12 tribes, and I just want you to describe this wedding
0: Oh, um, I'm confused. I'm looking at a small paddle boat with two oars sticking out on either side. There are two people in the paddle boat. They're dressed completely in white. It looks like there is a man and a woman and the man appears to be wearing a white headband and the woman has like picture any painting of Mary mother of Jesus that you've ever seen she is so she's got that white head covering with like a flower crown around it and then there's like vines all around the paddle boat looks like pretty fucking biblical right yeah and
1: the the guy has like yeah like the white headband here is another photo of just them having a grand old time at their communal living space oh
0: yeah so I see a guy playing an acoustic guitar and in the background it almost looks like a uh, like a big top like a circus big top and then these two people that are getting married are yeah they're dressed very plainly wearing like white robes and white head coverings and the male has a black belt that's a yurt that you're looking at and
1: yep picture the nativity scene that's how these people are dressed here is another photo of their communal farming practices on their shared farms
0: Cool. Yeah, I see they have a big group of them dressed in jeans and long sleeves and hats, and they're just squatting down. I'm not sure what they're doing. Maybe planting. They're just squatting down next to some beds that have drip irrigation and plastic. And then you see another photo on the
1: farm of the family.
0: So in this photo, we've got some people in front of. I'm not sure what that is. I can't really tell from the angle. Uh, oranges, persimmons. Maybe. Oh, oranges. Okay.
1: Persimmons, perhaps. I don't know. Some sort of fruit that comes on a tree. It almost
0: looks like a vine or something, but maybe it's just my angle. And then uh, one of the guys is waving to the camera, and he's got a tiny little baby in his hands. And yeah, they're all dressed very modestly.
1: So what you might not have picked up on, because these are sort of like, look at our family. We're all smiling in front of these agricultural situations. Look really closely at this photo of the people who are farming. Can you tell that some of those people
0: picking are children? It actually appears to be only kids that are kneeling down. I'm wondering if it's because they're shorter, so it's easier for them to get to it. I don't know. One of the
1: things that separates this particular religious group, we'll say, is their feelings about children. Children there work from a very young age, and as we know in the state of California, Children are not allowed to work in factories. They have a factory? They have a lot of different businesses. So because they are that 501D where they basically have like a communal purse. So they'll have a bunch of different businesses, and then all of those businesses make money to take care of these families. So so far, everything I've been telling you, it's kind of like you know, it's coming from the perspective of the 12 tribes from their website, etc., and just basically has like detailed what they believe. Now, Outsiders and people who have been a part of this religious group and whistleblowers, we might call them, claim that this is a nefarious evil cult Mm. and that practices all sorts of abuse, including child abuse, making children work in factories, homophobia, racism, misogyny. And I'm just going to tell you some of those things just so that we can all Get on the same page, you guys. This is going to be very triggering. So I suggest if you have any of those triggers to skip this episode because it's it's hard.
0: Yeah, I feel like anytime we talk about literal interpretations of any religion, there's going to be a lot of problematic stuff. So yeah, trigger warning, uh, religion, sexism, homophobia, violence, I'm assuming. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of everything in the Bible. Monsters? I don't know.
1: The way that the 12 tribes has interpreted the Bible, they believe that disobedience is severely frowned upon. So children as young as eight months old are spanked to keep from crying. Now, spanking is like more controversial in some countries than it is in others. But this goes beyond spanking, you guys. This goes into what I would consider beating. Literature available in the 12 tribes restaurant includes several pamphlets on the tribe's beliefs and teachings and one of those brochures is titled when the spanking stopped all hell broke loose on the cover of the brochure is a 1933 norman rockwell painting of a mother with her son pinned down face down over her knees a hammer a shattered mirror a broken vase and a destroyed clock are all evidence that the boy had tore apart the room the mother has two items in her hand a paddle hairbrush in one hand, and a parenting book in the other, as if the mother is wondering whether to physically spank or verbally scold her child. The brochure cites Proverbs 13:24: Quote, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. End quote. The brochure reads, If you love your child, you will take the rod and discipline him when he's disobedient. It's not optional. It's a command. The tribes believe gentle parenting disciplinary actions such as timeouts or taking away privileges have resulted in an uptick of violence and crime among the youth. Mm. The tribes preached the only solution to this issue of disobedient behavior is corporal punishment. And not just a slap on the hand, we're talking about whipping children with rods hard enough to leave marks. The brochure reads, quote, it's better to go to heaven with welts than to go to hell without welts. End quote. Infants in the tribes are beaten with balloon sticks for oh resisting diaper changes, crying during church, or throwing bottles. The older children get struck with canes made of bamboo to prevent them from playing make-believe. According to the tribes, the first four years of a child's life are when their basic character is made. So they're really just doing them a favor by helping them to become a better person through each beating. The pamphlet continues, quote, Children are driven by their natural innate nature to do what is
0: wrong. End quote. That seems really unfair. I think a children is driven by its desire to like learn and explore and develop and, their brain. Yeah. And get its needs met. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And understand the herd, understand their place in society. Like I have a toddler. He's constantly watching me. He sees me like vacuuming stuff and then he wants to come grab the vacuum and vacuum. You know, he sees me opening up drawers and then he wants to open up all of the drawers. He's not just like, Fuck this place! I'm gonna like try to take everything out of my mom's hand and like destroy the kitchen and like just tear apart the house. He's trying to figure out. Oh, you know, she's opening up cabinets, she's cleaning the house, so like I want to participate. I want to do that. It's like a monkey see, monkey do sort yeah, of yeah. It's a lot of imitation. Right. And they can't speak yet. So if they're crying, that's their only way to communicate. It might be, hey, this bottle is too hot for me. Hey, I have a dirty diaper. I have gas. Can you change this? Or, hey, I need someone to pick me up right now.
0: Right. Yeah, what a weird response to a child crying. Like, by beating
1: it. Parents who have a hard time disciplining their children within the tribe can be separated from their family by the tribe sending parents across international borders to different communes, to different locations, or sending children to live with different families. So, this begs the question, is this a cult or is this a religion? Although some unflattering articles have referred to the 12 tribes as an apocalyptic doomsday cult, members deny being part of a cult. Unlike other controversial 501D groups like Scientology, the members of the 12 tribes are allegedly allowed to communicate with outsiders and they're free to speak with their families. Now, they don't have phones, so they'll literally, I don't, you know. Write a letter. Yeah, they'll have to figure something out. They're also free to leave the group, but after they've given away all of their possessions, it's anyone say, like, how they do that? I guess you literally just walk out of there.
0: Yeah, that's scary. I feel like if you're making a commitment to, like, give over everything, to your name to somebody it's going to be hard to just leave Mm -hmm. according to a 12 tribes free paper article the millions of christians
1: who don't live communally are actually quote under control of the evil one end quote so they believe that people even if they are christian if they're not living communally like this that they're like satan's minions a shepherd named Hushai mentioned that Christians and others who try to criticize or shy away from the 12 tribes and their teachings are often sincere, but they're misguided because they're under the religious system, which is in control by the devil.
0: Oh, so they think Christianity is also controlled by the devil? Yes. Oh, interesting. I've never heard that before. They think like anyone
1: who doesn't live like they did in biblical times is not interpreting the word of God, the Bible correctly. And they're actually just like creating their own system for their own benefit rather than like living for God's benefit.
0: Oh, I could definitely see how people would say like there's something nefarious going on because if literally anyone who doesn't do what the Bible literally says is evil. Right. that's then, like, like where does that leave you? Yeah. That's like literally everyone. Live to be 700 and separate the sea with your cane. Yeah, I know. What's their success rate for <laughs> parting the sea and uh, communing with the burning bush and putting their children in wicker baskets and floating them down the River Nile or whatever. Yeah,
1: like, what the fuck, guys? He is quoted as saying, quote, We hope we can learn to love one another, obey his commandments, and recognize the leaven of unrighteousness that comes in to separate us end quote. So he's basically saying like, hey, we love you other Christians who are not leg down for biblical times, but you're wrong and the devil's controlling you and I hope that one day you can <gasps> find that out, but it's not your fault because you're under control by the devil. That's really pompous. That said, the 12 tribes avoid speaking with the media and when they do, it's often only to say that the media is unkind to them and that they would welcome reporters to their worship services, but decline to give a quote which might be misconstrued or taken. Taken out of context and a vice story once ran the headline quote the idyllic restaurant chain owned by a homophobic racist child beating cult end quote so perhaps there is a little bit of truth to that sentiment despite the strong feelings media portrays for the 12 tribes members say that they have no hatred for outsiders and that criticism is natural for the followers of christ a shepherd named zakai mentioned quote you can't fit us into a box end quote
0: I mean, I think you can, because aren't they sort of boxing themselves in? Right, by their saying, super rigid rules yeah.
1: have like literally are the definition of living within a box. Yeah,
0: literally. Right, like it's black and white. Like, it's like you farm as a family. If you cry, you get the rod. Right. Like that's the most black and white system I've ever heard of.
1: Yeah. A whistleblower who left the tribe said that the conditions for women's health care were less than safe, specifically in regards to childbirth. The whistleblower said that there were several stillborns and even babies who suffered before needless deaths that could have been prevented with better health care. He said that those issues were what prompted him to leave, and I don't blame him. In the 12 tribes, medicine is severely frowned upon if it wasn't medicine that they had during biblical times, the 12 tribe members do not support it and they would rather die because they believe that's what God wills on them.
0: Okay, but I have a question. In biblical times restaurants like the yellow deli didn't exist like like grills that you could grill hamburgers on didn't exist hamburgers probably didn't even exist so like where is the line drawn i don't know even them having
1: a website is like hey yeah well because i feel like it's like a trap they're like oh we want to save some of these people who are like gonna go to hell we can you know w- w- we'll find them and one of the things that they do is they have these like crazy hippie buses called the peacemaker and the peacemaker Two that they will follow around like grateful dead concerts Oh. and fish concerts. You know when you go to a music festival for like one of those, uh, I don't know if this is a offensive term, a Wookiee? Is that
0: offensive? A wookie
1: Isn't that someone who follows around a festival? I'm going to look it up. One of my friends. A groupie? A groupie, yeah, Wookiee. Well, let me look it up and see if it's... I
0: know there's a DJ whose name is Wookiee, W-U-K-I.
1: According to Google, a festival wookie is known as a Wook, is a hippie, most often a music and festival fan that in its basic form owes nothing and borrows everything.
0: I feel like that's a weird term to use like wouldn't you want something sexier like flower child or yeah I mean whatever it sounds
1: like it's probably not safe so well, maybe it just we sounds say. like
0: isn't Chewbacca a wookie was Chewbacca just a guy
1: that goes around to like music <laughs> festivals yeah and like he like doesn't bring water or anything and
0: just like asks for everything and well, he never shaved and because he doesn't believe in it <sighs> and so that's why he was so hairy and then he got launched into outer space because he was God's chosen one right. for following the rules yeah And that's how he ended up on a spacecraft.
1: And then he got the lawnmower 4.0 and he shaved his body and he went back down and started
0: the 12 tribes. Yeah. And then he got cast out from heaven because he shaved and then he started the yellow deli and this is his climb back into right. God's good graces. It makes sense. I'm on board.
1: So they'll go to these festivals and Fish has even said the fucking band that's like on the stage has been like, hey guys, don't get on that bus. It's a cult. Because really? what they do is they offer tea and cookies and food to these people who are just like tripping balls walking yeah. around or medical aid like if someone falls down and gets a cut they'll go over there and they'll like you know fix them up but I was reading something on reddit where some guy was talking about his personal experience with it and he was like I was at a grateful dead show we had followed around the grateful dead to like several festivals but we had like one guy in our group who couldn't afford to go into every show so sometimes he would just hang out like outside the show with all of the other grateful dead follower people and they were like one time we saw him go on that bus and we were like hey man don't go on that bus like they've told us before like do not get on that bus and and he just went on it and so they went in the show and when they came back they couldn't find him anywhere and they found him on that bus sitting cross-legged without a shirt on without any shoes on he was on acid and he was talking about like how the whole universe is just a giant organism and how god lives in all of us and like we are all god and he is god and they were like okay and they took him away from the bus they were like bye bye time to go now <laughs> and at the next few shows they were like okay we're gonna just buy him a ticket to come into the concert because we don't want him to go like hang out with yeah. that cult right so what if um, they
0: drove off with him or- something yeah
1: so they bought him a ticket to the show and he went into the show and then he ended up leaving the show and getting on that bus with them and they said he was never the same afterwards and they like tried to rescue him and they like found him with those people and they went and picked him up and the guy was just like couldn't snap out of it and he even like grabbed a spoon and was like i am god i have created your reality with my imagination because god lives in me and like i'm one of god's people and he's like i'm gonna show you by uh taking the spoon and bending it with my mind and his friend literally slapped him across the face because he's just so frustrated he's like dude snap out of it like right it's over you know like you're not there you're not with the cult we're back at our house like you're not high anymore like just come on dude like and he sat there trying to bend that spoon with his mind and like he was just never the same
0: i wonder if part of their mo and i'm only saying this because of the charles manson stuff all of this is alleged i don't know what this these people do but i wonder if part of what they do is drug people or like give them too many drugs to like kind of scramble their brains and make it so that you know they can't ever come down from their high or they're like permanently messed up wow yeah or they pry on people who have done too too many drugs and like
1: you know they're just like oh here be a workhorse in one of our cafes (laughs) yeah you can bend all the spoons you want with your mind while you work 16-hour days for no money.
0: Yeah, you can spend 16 hours trying to bend a spoon while you bust tables. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) What a great deal. Hey guys, so at this point of the episode, you might wonder a stark difference in our voices and a change in cadence and attitude. This is because we are recording this part of the podcast separately from the first part of the podcast. But Allie and I went out two days ago. (laughs) We're still recovering from that.
0: I've learned a lot about myself in these last two days, and I have learned that alcohol is no longer my friend, but you know what? It was fun in the moment. I
1: don't even think it's the alcohol anymore. Like I said, I think it's the sleep. I think it's like staying up past my bedtime makes it like harder. Yeah,
0: that definitely doesn't help.
1: Probably talk about it in Personal Hauntings <laughs> yeah. in a different episode because I slept in my garage last night. <laughs> I was locked out. The sad thing is that's not the first time that's happened. Remember when we came back from Coachella in 2019? I had to sleep outside because Oh
0: my god, yes, on your
1: porch. Yeah, because my neighbor had my keys. Oh my god, I forgot about that. How could I have
0: forgotten about that? Because that was filmed. Yeah. Remember, didn't, wasn't there a vlog? Yeah, this is not the legacy that I would like to leave (laughs) behind. This legacy is better than no legacy. That's what I always tell myself. But I'm excited to hear more about Yellow Deli
1: the 12 tribes use this biblical verse that's often cited by white supremacist groups like the KKK to justify racism when you go on their website and you see them in person and stuff I don't think that they're like hey guess what we're super racist join our cult like I feel like they try to keep that under wraps you know it's kind of like the deeper you get in you kind of encounter more fanatic people who have been in the cult longer and have been brainwashed more and so they're racist for some reason but the reason it doesn't make sense is because okay so this thing It's called The Curse of Ham, and I could be saying that wrong. Maybe it's The Curse of Ham, I don't know. And apparently it's this verse from the Bible that people use to justify racism. And I don't think it makes sense. I'm going to summarize it for you guys, and then I'm going to read it. Okay? Okay. So basically what happens is Noah is like drunk and naked, and a person walks up and sees him like drunk and naked, and is just spying on him, I guess. And then the person tells his other two children, hey, Noah's in there and he's like drunk and naked and the other two turn their backs backwards and like walk away from Noah so that they don't see him drunk and naked and then when Noah finds out that this one other character was like looking at him when he was drunk and naked he's like I'm cursing you I'm cursing your family you guys will be the lowest of lowest and you will be a servant to like all your other brothers and so then, for some reason, I don't know where this connection is made. Like, the KKK is like, yeah, and that proves uh, racism because the other people should be servants to the other people. But what I don't get is that I'm like, there's no mention of race in there or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't get, that's like saying, well, the Mona Lisa was made, so 9-11 should have happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just like, I don't <laughs> see the connection. So now I'm going to read you guys the verse. Yeah, because I'm lost. It's... Genesis nine twenty four to 27, when Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant.
0: Okay, so Noah got drunk and naked and his sons walked in on him and now...
1: Yeah, so Noah got drunk and naked. I don't know why, because I didn't read the (laughs) verse before that, but he was, okay? And, like, the youngest son, I guess, saw him.
0: That doesn't seem like that's the the youngest son's fault,
1: though. And the other sons turned away. I don't know. Well, it's translated a bunch of different ways. So the one that I just read you was the English Standard Version. This one is the New International Version. So it said... When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves. Will he be to his brothers? He also said, Praise be the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend Japheth's territory. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be the slave of Japheth."
0: Yeah, I mean, it's possible, like you said, that maybe we're just not seeing the exact translation or the context. And so, like, I'm just not understanding how this connection is made. But I'm also not understanding... Any of it at all, if I'm being quite honest.
1: Here's the 1890 Darby Bible, which I've never heard of that. And if it's made in 1890, just like most things from 1890, I'm assuming it's... It's fake. The gold rush never (laughs) happened. And Noah awoke from his wine and learned what his youngest son had done to him. And he said... "'Cursed be Canaan, let him be a bondman of bondmen to his brethren.' And he said, "'Blessed be Jehovah, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his bondman, and let God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his bondman.'" Okay. So in that translation, it sounds like he's let God enlarge Japheth. It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> they're going to make him really big and force right. him to live in the tents of Shem, whatever whoever that is.
0: That's the fun thing about the Bible, though, is that uh, sometimes people take these verses super fucking literally. And then other times they're like, no, no, no. It's actually an allegory for racism and how it's OK to like do this or that. And it's like, which one is it? Yeah. Like, Either we're taking this literally every single line or we're not like you can't pick and choose. And also, I don't even understand how that relates to race. Wouldn't his sons be the same race as him?
1: If anything, it's like an argument for ageism. The younger people need to be servants to the older people because his youngest son was the one that like saw him naked and drunk. And so he was like, you're going to be a servant to your brothers.
0: Also, if a parent gets naked and drunk and passes out in front of their children, I feel like that's the parent's fault not the kids fault you know I also <laughs> like why would
1: you choose that story to put in the bible like it's a super unflattering story yes. of yourself and your children and your family oh there's
0: definitely more to this story I feel like he not only did his son see him naked and drunk passed out but like probably the whole town did and so he's like oh, shit like I've got to put this in the bible because I've got to own it and I've got to make <laughs> other people feel weird about it I did nothing weird like right. it's normal for a man to get drunk and naked and pass out in front of his children like that's fine why is everyone making me feel weird the weird people are the people (laughs) who stayed around and and watched (laughs) it's kind of genius it is
1: kind of genius (laughs) yeah like owning your faults For sure, yeah, comes into your benefit. So people have accused the 12 tribes of being like openly racist. So in response to that, there's some photos on their website. And I just want to show you this photo. So this is of the yellow deli that's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's like their main one.
0: Okay, yep. So front and center, there is one black person. It's a group of people. Now, these people remind me of Little House on the Prairie from their outfits. It's also giving like trying too hard to look rural I'm not quite sure what I mean by that but like there's a lot of flannels there's a lot of hats there's a lot of aprons and then the women are wearing like super buttoned up shirts and long pants and skirts um, and like kind of flowy outfits there's no makeup that I can see and like everyone's hair is kind of the same like there's no bangs there's no like highlights it's like everyone's hair is pulled back in like a bun
1: bangs are for the devil confirmed
0: Uh, yes
1: (laughs) the photo's kind of funny though because it's like it's basically like a corporate picture right like a group just standing around but then in the middle there's a woman and she's a black woman and I just feel like they're all smiling around her and they put her front and center to be like
0: look There's tons of discourse online I've started seeing where people are like, I'm the one minority at my school and the school photographer keeps trying to like take photos of me while I'm like walking around campus (laughs) to use for the website and like, I don't fucking want that.
1: I don't want to be your diversity. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Somebody will be like, I was literally on this campus visiting a friend for one day and somehow they got a photo of me walking on campus and like put me on their website and I don't even go here. Damn, I never made that connection,
1: but I always had like tons of pictures of me in the yearbook and like doing sports and like all this stuff, like I would always be on the page and I thought it was because I was just like loud and popular. But now I'm thinking of it. I'm like, I wonder if it's because I went to like a very all white school because i was like in oklahoma city
0: right well i will say what i said before which is (laughs) Porque no Los Dos. <laughs> right, that's true. Maybe you were loud and popular and hot, and also they were like, "We need some diversity on our website." <laughs>
1: Maybe that's why they made me loud and popular.
0: Oh, there you go. They were like, "Look, guys, we know she sucks, but we need <laughs> everyone to just band together, take one for the team, make right. her feel good every yeah. day that she's here."
1: And they have like meetings when I'm not there, <laughs> of like, "Okay, so who's gonna sit with her at lunch today?"
0: <laughs> it's just like the Truman show But in the name of diversity
1: Yeah that is like a South Park episode I 100% like.
0: yeah. Also that's the type of racism That like is scary it goes,
1: it goes full circle So when you look up how the tribes feel about Racism online because people like openly say that they're a racist organization there will always be this one quote that is used in articles where someone said that slavery was quote a marvelous opportunity for the slaves to come to America and join the 12 tribes end quote. That quote is often used to cast a shadow over the organization. You're basically saying like slavery was this great opportunity for these people to come That's and be a what part of saying. the organization. Right. And I can see how like if you were someone in this organization that ha- doesn't have a cell phone, has no access to the modern world, doesn't watch TV, doesn't read the news, you don't really know what's going on. You could say something like that and not expect there to be repercussions because I think in their mind they're just like, yeah, they—you know—it was God's plan for them to come here so they could be in this cult and be saved. <laughs> Right, because they're just so brainwashed that they actually don't think what they're saying is racist. They just think that they're helping. They're like, how could that be bad to like help someone want to be saved by God? Right, Right? like,
0: how could, oh, be grateful that you were a victim of a crime because (laughs) now, because you were a victim of that crime, you get to join our cult.
1: Yeah, exactly. A lot of times people who support the 12 tribes, which isn't very many people, obviously, because who's gonna fucking come to their aid when they, like, don't even read the paper that's talking shit about them? Right. Like they're not going to be commenting on these articles like, well, actually I think that the 12 tribes aren't that bad. There's there's no one defending them, but the one person who tried to defend them <laughs> said that this quote was totally taken out of context and that like everyone's not understanding the deeper meaning of it and that like they're not actually saying that slavery was this wonderful opportunity, but I expanded the quote and showed it to you guys and that's the whole quote there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure how else you could interpret that. I mean, at the very least, it sounds like they're saying we shouldn't ever examine slavery or, like... Talk about it in a negative light because look, the outcome was now you're here. And it's like, okay, but who even said that anyone wanted to be here in the first right. place?
1: Sir, I know you don't know what this is because you don't have Twitter, but that is toxic positivity. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine trying to take these people and like incorporate them into the modern world. Right. It would be impossible. No,
0: I'm a- actually just shocked that these restaurants are successful. I like can't believe that because as you were talking, I was like looking up Yellow Deli and I was like, "Oh, I'm sure their Yelp reviews are going to be like fucking bombarded with like one stars that say like this is a racist organization, this is a sexist organization, this is a cult, like this is a sham." But it's not. They have I'm looking right now. On Google, they have, like, 2,000 five-star reviews. The only one-star reviews that I'm looking at say, like, oh, the service was slow today. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: I think a lot of people don't know about these tribes because they have stopped talking to the public. Like, they've stopped giving interviews. They've stopped doing this kind of thing because they say, oh, well, people are just misquoting us. You know, if you want to know what we believe in, come on Friday night to one of our, like, worship services. Right. And then you'll go Friday night to the worship service, and it's, like you know, just a bunch of tired people who have been working all day and they're just like sitting there, you know, with no objections or anything. And I guess like the tribe leader or whatever, the shepherd is just like, yeah, praise God. We love our community. Jesus is love. Like here's some sandwiches. Here's some food. We're going to build a house for someone. Like, do you want to be a part of that? And you're just like, wow, these people are really nice. They just give you free food and they're like building houses and they're just happy to be here and stuff. But I think they're just all overworked and they have given away all of their worldly possessions and they can't really... Like, if you've ever been in a toxic relationship with someone where you live with the person, a lot of times people will stay in that relationship because the effort of getting out of it, of untangling your life from the other person seems more difficult than just like continuing to live with it and like trying to fly under the radar and not be noticed by the other person.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I've definitely been there before. You're living with someone, your life is so intertwined with them and you're like, man, I'm not really happy, but like, what's the alternative? Like now I'm going to have to like try to save up covertly so that I can have a security deposit for another place. And then I also need to save up for, like rent for another place and i also need to save up for like moving vans and like movers and like then I, and you now i'm gonna have to like talk to my family about it like it's it's sometimes it just seems so complicated that it's like i'd rather just stay like in an unhappy situation than like go through all that trouble so i could see how especially because you're saying these people have to give up everything when yeah. they join the yellow deli cult that's hundred percent by design like if you've ever been in a toxic relationship like that person doesn't want you to have friends they don't want you to have contact with your family they mm. don't want you to have like your own bank account and your own shit they want you to be entirely dependent upon them because then it's so much harder to leave near i say impossible to leave in some situations i've right. had friends in situations like that before like my man needs to have like a tracker on my phone he needs to know where i am at all times or like he needs all my passwords to my social Media what? and my bank account. Yeah, I know people that have gone through. I that. don't
1: even know the passwords to my social media and bank account.
0: Oh yeah, well that's because it's automatically logged in. Yeah, they would be shit <laughs> out of luck. I'd be like, I'm sorry, I really, I don't even know it. If I ever get logged out of my Instagram, I'm never getting back yeah. in. Yeah,
1: and I think at first, when you're in that kind of relationship, it's like, oh my god, I just met this person and we love each other, and they want to pay for all my stuff, and they want to do this, and they want to take care of me, and they want, you know, and it sounds great, cool. I can just relax, and this other person's gonna do everything for me, right? And then it starts to be like, oh. Shit, I actually don't really want to be doing this anymore. And yeah, it just
0: like sneaks up on you. It also seems like this is a love bombing technique where they're like, oh, you're coming to our meeting. Let me tell you about all the awesome shit that we do. And here's a fucking sandwich that's so fresh from our farm. And oh, but no, you can't see the farm until you join. And you can't join until you give up your earthly possessions. But actually, it's not because we're going to take ownership of those possessions and like glean money from them. It's because you need to be like following the Bible And did you know Noah got naked in front of his son? So actually it's okay that we're going to own all of your stuff.
1: Well, the other thing too, that people get upset with the tribes for is that they're homophobic. Now, again, it'll be very difficult to find any sort of text that's available online to the public where they are just openly homophobic. But according to sources, their thoughts on homophobia are basically that it's a sin and that it's a choice. And if you are gay, it's not your fault. So like, we'll still love you, but don't be. And if you, Try to not be gay and you still are, then you should be put to death.
0: That, wow. Again, pretty severe consequences. Right. Like, just across the board. I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that they're homophobic and racist, and I'm assuming sexist, though you haven't said anything about that yet.
1: Well, they definitely think that the women should work in the kitchen and should do, like, child-rearing tasks and teaching, and that men should do, like, the labor and the farming and all of that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty sexist. I mean, I guess it shouldn't surprise me, though, because if these people are taking every story in the Bible literally, like, even the ones where you're like, why did this make the final cut, then, like... it seems like of course they would have all of those thoughts like a lot of super religious people are pretty like fucked up because they're taking every single thing in the Bible and they're like look it says here that it's okay for me to like marry a 12 year old because in the Bible someone did it and it's like yeah dude guess what else happened in the Bible nobody got paid for any of the work they did ever people were floating in baskets down a river because like their families couldn't take care of them like people were living in caves in the average Lifespan of a woman was like twenty two. So, like, yes, people were getting married at age twelve, and thank God we don't do that anymore.
1: Yeah, that's really funny. You're right. Moses was like floating down yeah. the Nile, right? Yeah. In a basket. Yeah. Which is really crazy when you think about it too, because the Nile's like full of crocodiles.
0: Yeah. I mean, who's to say if it was real or not, or just an allegory for a greater uh message? <laughs> (laughs) I'm certainly not one to say because I was not there.
1: Right. So we've briefly talked about this, or maybe we didn't, but I'm going to talk about it now. (laughs) They have these buses. I'm showing Allie some pictures of the Peacemaker bus. Oh, Um, what the fuck? So this is like a bus that I don't even know how to describe it. It's a crazy fucking bus that they take to all these Grateful Dead concerts. And the 12 tribes will take the bus to target festival goers at music festivals. They went to fish concerts and things like that. They're infamous. They offer free cookies and tea and they offer like first aid and it's just kind of a refuge because if you're at this festival and you see this like comfortable bus where everything's clean and there's just a bunch of nice people who are going to give you like cookies and tea and just be like like where are you from yeah Yeah, it sounds like a dream so everyone's warning like don't get on that bus because it's (gasps) people just disappear
0: oh my god okay. they join the
1: 12 tribes they give their phone away they give their shit away and they disappear and that's what happens is people will be like oh my friend went to a grateful dead concert we can't find them they have a missing persons report and it ends up that they've just been in the 12 tribes for like four months
0: what the fuck okay i'm gonna describe this bus to you guys but you need to go to at let's get haunted on instagram to look at this because it literally looks like there are four progressively smaller buses stacked on top of each other that are <laughs> melting into each other
1: I know. That's why I was like, how am I going to explain this? No, that's
0: it's a- trippy. The that's bus what itself, it looks like.
1: The bus itself looks like weird and magical.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. The magic school bus, but like from hell. And it's purple. It's cream colored. This looks expensive. And it has a giant placard in, on top of it that says Peacemaker, which is also scary. I like that's very ominous. Like, why not call your bus? Like, why not just say, hey, this is the Yellow Deli bus or this is the 12 tribes bus. It's like they're trying to be undercover You're about right. it. Right,
1: they don't want people to know they're in a cult.
0: And this also um, reminds me a lot of like the Charles Manson episode that you did Mm. because this is inevitably what happens and I think this is where my like distrust of hippies and hippie movements comes from is because I think a lot of these movements start out super well-intentioned and then there are people like the fucking 12 tribes, Yellow Deli cult that come in and they're like, okay, all these people are super open-minded. All of these people are on drugs. They're like living freely. They're like kind of, you know, maybe they're more susceptible To like joining a cult because they're just like, they don't have anything tying them down. They don't have jobs, they don't have, you know, whatever. And so they just take advantage of all these people and then there's just like such a direct pipeline between like hippie movements and like racism and shit like that because all these people are super susceptible and so you start off with being like, hey, come on our bus for like tea and cookies. I know you're tripping like we'll guide you on your trip and then as this person's tripping I could just see like someone from the 12 tribes being like, right, so let's tell you about how Noah got naked in front of his sons and like that's why racism's so okay, but they They wouldn't use the word racism, you know what I mean? Like they would just like work it into a conversation until like this person tripping balls would be like, "That makes sense to me."
1: Well, and that's what they do. Their response to criticism on their website says, quote, "Some more conservative people these days have said, We've gone about as far as we can go, when considering the state of the mixed up world around us. Most of the old fashioned ethics of our grandparents have been abandoned for more modern ideas, which greatly contradict the word of God. But that is the nice thing about restoration. You get to go back to the way it was originally. It was predicted in the Bible that in the last days, things would get very dark, but also that there would be a restoration of all things. So. We're hoping to see many things that have gone way off course be restored to the way it was supposed to be. Obviously our hope for this world goes far beyond what politicians are promising these days, but we have high hopes and we believe we will see them fulfilled. In each town, where there is a yellow deli, there's also a cluster of homes. Following the pattern of those first believers, we share our common life together there. Though it may be hard for many to imagine living and working together, sharing a pure and holy life, that is really all we desire to do. Sadly, fear of evil or perverse behavior going on among us has caused some to circulate unfounded rumors about us, thinking we must have bad motives. We hope that through having an open and hospitable place like our yellow deli, people will be able to see that we're not really strange and scary, but just friendly folks who love God and our neighbors. It is a different life, but it brings deep contentment to our souls. We enjoy this peaceful environment, free from TV and drugs, so our children at least have a chance to grow up enough to decide on their own the path their lives will take before the peer pressure of this modern world sets their course for them. For some, this way may seem too restrictive, but to those of us who live here, it was like the beam of light that revealed the solution to our dark and troubled lives. Our life is like yellow for our souls as we live in the green pastures of home along with our sheep. So let there be yellow. What, what does yellow symbolize? I don't know like sunshine or I think so all right or I like think the yellow delis like symbolizes the yellow so the person who wrote this was like trying to be a good writer so they were saying yellow for our souls it's like we we're longing it's like happy for our souls and the green pastures of homes is like I don't know you guys the most of the English language I don't understand I was just thinking about this the other day <laughs> disenfranchised communities I've heard that term so much right that I know what it means But if you asked me, like, to describe what disenfranchised community means, I would be like, I can, I will not,
0: (laughs) you know? Yeah, like, I will not even attempt. No. No. Yeah,
1: like, I know what it means contextually, like, I could tell you when people are saying it and what context they would be using it, but disenfranchised, I mean, like, there's not, they don't have franchises supporting them. What does that
0: mean? Who knows? Who knows? But it's provocative and it gets the people going. But when I heard Yellow Deli, I, in my mind, was picturing, like, a big submarine sandwich with a lot of mustard on it but it sounds like the yellow deli is the yellow is your soul so it's a soul deli
1: so the way that this cult started remember was in that guy's house and they were called like the the light brigade or like the beam of light or something yeah and so i feel like it He's like, oh, it's like we're like a yellow light and then it's yellow. So like the Yellow Deli and then also like Yellow Submarine because I like am in the 70s. Yeah,
0: they need a new slogan. And I think it should be serving subs, saving souls.
1: That's great. You should go work for them. Uh, You
0: know what? Yellow Deli, if you're out there listening right now, you need a better marketing team. You need a better PR team. Ditch the Peacemaker bus. That's weird. It's scary. (laughs) It's four buses melting into one bus. That is unnatural. I think that you should really just focus on... On giving people good sandwiches, and forget about everything else. I think you should disassemble your church, disassemble your farms, and, you know, just focus on sandwiches. So
1: you might think during this episode, well, I'm insulated from this negligence and abuse, so, like, I'm not really responsible, I don't really care about this. But actually, did you know that some of your favorite products that you are using today might not only be supporting the 12 tribes, it might have been made by them? What? The New York Department of Labor found 12 miners working in a factory at Common Sense Farm in Cambridge, New York. The Factory, which produces lotions and creams for brands like Acure and Savannah B, both of which can be found at retailers like Target, Whole Foods, and Walmart, what? have several infractions, including violating New York City child labor laws. Naturally, business relations between Common Sense Farm and the brands which use their products were broken after those violations came to light, but Common Sense Farm denied any wrongdoing. It turns out that Common Sense Farm is just one of the dozens of businesses operated by the the same 501D that operates the Yellow Deli. These businesses and their workplace violations are just the tip of a controversial iceberg when it comes to the religious group that's known as the 12 tribes. You see, the 12 tribes thinks of themselves as like this charitable Christian organization, but whistleblowers believe that the 12 tribes are of nefarious brainwashing doomsday cult that practices child abuse, racism, homophobia, and misogyny. And the group denies these allegations, but supposedly enforces them behind doors. If you do some research yourself, you'll find countless allegations of practices that I I personally find too disturbing to repeat in detail but to put it bluntly there were hidden cameras that captured children being beaten for up to eight hours what? with thin reed rods
0: what the fuck this, this I'm just like shocked that this organization is so big and like runs so deep. Like there must be some powerful people that are a part of this or protecting this that we just don't know about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so, too. So according to one insider, the Yellow Deli, they, they make so much money, Alyssa, because think about it. They don't pay any of their employees. They just keep absorbing wealth from people who join. Right. Right. And like someone was saying, OK, if you're a young person and you join this with nothing, then like maybe you just give them your car and like a few thousand bucks that you have in the bank. But if you're an older person, like you might have an entire estate that you can give to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? According to one insider, the Yellow Deli actually has a hard time turning a profit despite how popular it is because the deli is more of a community outreach project that helps mm. showcase the love and community that the 12 tribes are. Offer It's like a performance
0: piece. Yeah, like they're viewing this as an investment in their organization because it's how they recruit new people. So they're not really trying to turn a profit with their deli.
1: And the Yellow Deli used to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But these days they have limited hours because bad press was saying like, oh, this is slave labor. Right. Although the deli doesn't run much of a profit, other businesses connected to the 12 tribes do much better in terms of funding the care of the community. And if you follow the breadcrumbs back from the Yellow Deli, you'll find a tangled web of connected LLC businesses who share a common treasury. And their operations include not only other food services, but also construction, soap making, farming, solar energy, woodworking, and even a fishing operation out of Alaska. In Kansas, an organic sprouts farm working under the brand name Chloro Fields is traced back to this cult via state business records. And according to an ex-member... Most of the Colorado profits are taken from construction companies. The Colorado Secretary of State shows a construction business known as Commonwealth Services LLC that's been in service since 2016, and it's registered to a member named Matthew Morgan who lives at the Boulder compound on El Dorado Springs Drive. Also, the business that uses the trade name CWS Excavating is described on the company website as a, quote, family-owned and operated septic installation company. End quote. But we know that it goes back to the 12 tribes.
0: It just sounds like them saying, oh, if you want to join us, you have to give us everything you own is also them like sneakily diversifying the way that they make money. Because like, okay, if you are like uh, like a trust fund baby that like inherited a business from your family and like and then you join the 12 tribes you just give that business to them and now they have a construction business or now they have a, yeah, like a farming operation or now they have like a factory. Uh, That's wild to me that they just have like a soap factory.
1: A lot of these products that are in Whole Foods that are like, oh, like we're sustainable, we're organic, we're eco-friendly and we're from like a commune, you know. Oh, everyone takes equal part in the profits and stuff. You see these types of advertising and you think, oh, I'm buying this super like wholesome product that's not contributing to like the darkness in this world. Like, right. it's good for me and it's good for the people. and But you could be totally fucking wrong. Like, a cure, I've used some of that stuff before.
0: I d- I've never heard of it. But honestly, it's possible that I would just be at Target and be like, oh, I need a lotion today. And I just grab a random one. And it could be that.
1: Yeah. In Brazil, they have a farming and harvesting operation that makes yerba mate. Oh, so interesting. I've had yerba mate before. Like, is it from the 12 tribes? Fuck. In Spain, they make olive oil. Who hasn't have olive oil?
0: How did I I'm just constantly mystified by like people's ability to circumvent taxes and like circumvent following labor laws and stuff like that, because everything that I do at my job is like well there's a labor law that says this so you better make sure that like okay we got to make sure that like x y and z oh we have to change like one word in our paperwork because Newsom signed a new law last year and so like we got to make sure that this one word is changed because now that word's been interpreted this way like so I can't even imagine being a part of an organization that's just like well we're gonna hire children and put them in a lotion factory in New York and also now we're gonna go to a fish concert and drug people possibly (laughs) allegedly maybe with tea and like give everyone a bad trip and then we're gonna drag them to our yellow deli and we're gonna make sandwiches and not pay them like I can't even imagine that because I just feel like how is that even possible in a modern society
1: this 501d thing is super controversial I feel like it's, it's weird. In Massachusetts they have this construction company called the BOJ Construction LLC which brought in several millions of dollars each year during the early 2000s and that was the company that funded the group and helped the 12 tribes spread. They had this huge boom in the 2000s. An ex-member recalled that during that time the men in the group would travel around the country for work and they would just rent this tiny house and they would have people sleeping on the couches like sleeping on the floor and everyone involved on the project would work around the clock without pay until the job was done and then when they finished the job they would just drive to the next job, rent a tiny house, and just repeat the process. If it weren't for the company's twice daily worship ceremonies and rest day on Saturdays, the Sabbath, you might mistake this religious group as a business which exploits workers who do not receive pay, But the business profits from the 12 tribes are used to pay for the care of the group, including their mortgages and living expenses. And within the group, there are several smaller groups that are organized under an individual who's designated as being in charge of like personal needs. And any individual purchase must be run through that designated individual. Any money that's left over at the end of the month is sent to the headquarters in Hiddenite, North Carolina, where the leaders of the 12 tribes will decide how it's spent. And it's crazy because there's this one guy who left and he's now suing the tribe because he's like, has a clear head and is like oh actually I was doing free labor for them like making millions of dollars for them running this construction company but uh I you know that was stupid and he's suing them now and he's talking about how it's crazy because he saw how much money they were making and he's like we're literally pulling in six figures a month and I have to ask someone whether or not my child can have a new pair of socks yeah And he's like, and most of the time it was no.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is an argument against these types of organizations. Like, this is just a perfect example of, like, why, hey, maybe it is better to rather than join a hippie commune that says they're going to profit share with you. Like, maybe it's better to just, like, have a job on your own. And, like, yeah, that sucks. But at least you get to decide whether or not your kid gets Spider-Man socks or, like, Beauty and the Beast socks, you know, like. I just feel like hippie shit I've never trust because there's always someone making money. Even if they say like, oh no, we all share everything. Like, okay, but do you really? Because at the end of the day, you have to ask for permission from somebody. Like who? somebody has to come up with the schedules for the different jobs. Like somebody has to say like, oh, we're gonna spend money on toothpaste this week instead of, I don't know, like nail files or something. And then like everyone has to be like handed out. Like, okay, you get one t-shirt size medium you get one pair of pants size 32 you know what I mean like somebody is making those decisions so at the end of the day of course you're not equal because not everyone's going to have the decision-making power so that's why I would personally rather be in charge of my own shit and like be responsible for myself rather than joining a cult and being like well I hope I get pants this month because I shipped mine last month and I had to hose them off and now they suck
1: yeah I mean I think like when you first join it's like the toxic relationship you are getting pants for free so you're like this is great But then as time goes on, you're like, okay, I kind of want another pair of pants. They're like, no.
0: Yeah. They're like, no, it's not necessary. Yeah.
1: And then you're like, oh, wait, I thought this was just like I get free pants, but it's not.
0: Freedom isn't free. In
1: 2020, a 48-year-old named Christopher Walker was reported as missing from one of the 12 tribe communes. He was last seen packing a bag and going for a walk from which he never returned. Five days later, police found him camping in a cave. They asked why he left and Christopher said he needed a break from the 12 tribes. Christopher's father said that his son is bipolar and struggles with homelessness. Christopher had started living with the 12 tribes about 18 months before his camping trip. Christopher's father only had to say about the 12 tribes that, quote, for one and a half years, I knew he was safe. He gained 30 pounds. It's my impression of the 12 tribes that they provide needed services given how the homeless are treated. They will feed anybody and they'll put them up. They'll give them something to do, end quote. He noted that his son was like an indentured servant and was pressured to stay psychologically, but not physically and in- restrained in any way. Quote, he went in with nothing and he left with nothing. It's a great deal if you don't have anything. End quote.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it sounds like a lot of the people that would join these cults are similar to what we talked about in the Charles Manson episode where it's like, you know, you're already a vulnerable person living on the fringes of society. Perhaps you're homeless, perhaps you're mentally ill, perhaps you're addicted to drugs. And so it seems really appealing. Like, okay, I'm going to go join this organization and everything's going to be taken care of. And then it just slowly devolves into like, oh, actually I have no agency over my life and no freedom. And I have to do what these people say. And I have to attend these worship services where perhaps like I'm being indoctrinated and brainwashed with like racist, homophobic, sexist propaganda. And if I want to leave, like I can't, because what are my other options? I guess I'll go live in a cave.
1: Okay, so there's this amazing article that I'm going to read to you that was written for the Denver Post by Shelley Bradbury, and it was published in March of 2022. In the article, child labor allegations are addressed, and she also brings up this really haunted parallel of things getting burned.
0: Burned? Yeah, like
1: fire. You're going to
0: see. Okay, just, all right, just all let right. Me I'm read. along for the
1: ride. Quote, an ex-Boulder member who left the tribes in 2016 worked in a factory beginning when he was 13. His days started with a mandatory 6 a.m. gathering. Then he'd head to the factory until 5 p.m. He'd go to the evening gathering again at 6 p.m. and then back to work from 7.30 p.m. until 10 or 11 p.m. The 12 tribes eventually began referring to such work as apprenticeships. Quote, what they call apprenticeships is just working in the industry. We stopped school at 12 or 13, and that's pretty much everybody. End quote. John I. Post, a former member born into the group who left when he was 19, said he began working in the Colts' bakeries and restaurants at age 7. Quote, school for the children wasn't a real priority. They encouraged all of the kids to go to work. That was the focus. End quote. Former member Jason Wolf, who is 46, previously lived in Colorado, said he began working construction at 13 and he was running 40-man crews on commercial sites by 16. His young age was no secret. He remembered a meeting with the owner of another construction company after he turned 19. He goes, quote, so Jason, how old are you now? And Wolf said, I'm 19. And he goes, congratulations. After five years of being 18, you finally turned 19. The Twelve Tribes is highly patriarchal, and while boys worked outside of the communities, girls spent their time working inside the compounds. Alina Anderson, an ex-member born into the group who left when she was 14 and lives in Boulder, said she was kicked out of the sex homeschooling when she was 11. She's identified by her middle and formerly married last names to prevent current cult members from recognizing her. After she was kicked out of school, Anderson spent her time doing chores, including preparing meals for about 100 people each day and doing laundry for two single men. When I say making lunch, it's not as simple as going to the kitchen and everything's there. It's... Okay... You're making tomato sandwiches. You make the bread from scratch. Then you run outside to the garden and you pick all the tomatoes and then you come in and you wash them and then you run out of time. So you just get a cutting board on the table with a bunch of tomatoes and you make the mayonnaise yourself too. When she left the cult and flew to Colorado just weeks after 9 11, she had no idea the terrorist attack had even happened. What the fuck? Right? In 2017, Boulder's Yellow Deli faced potential closure after the Buildings Condo Association attempted to amend the building's constitution to prevent the restaurant from operating 24-7, citing concerns about homeless people gathering there. A year after that effort failed, the condo association considered doubling the money the Yellow Deli paid for its share of the building costs, the newspaper reported. And at the time, Andrew Wolf, Jason Wolf's father, told the newspaper that the restaurant was supporting seven families in the 12 tribes. Wolf remembered earning $350,000 on a construction project in the early 2000s and being ordered to send all of it to the 12 tribes members in Florida, where several members were attempting to build two high-rise condo buildings in Fort Myers. Dubbed the Cypress Club, that project flopped in spectacular fashion. In February 2002, three members of the 12 tribes spent $680,000 to buy a historic former American Legion building along the waterfront in Fort Myers with public plans to turn the property into a community home for the group. Two months after they inked the deal, the 77-year-old building burned to the ground in what authorities deemed a deliberately set fire, according to news reports in Fort Myers. The tribe members denied setting the blaze Quote, I love that building One man told the news press And no one from the group was charged Within two years, the 12 tribes was selling buyers On a high-rise condo project on the property Working under several limited liability companies The group promised to build two 32-story buildings With 292 condos And a pre-sold number of units to fund the project Pilings went into the ground But that was it The real estate market crashed, and in 2009, the 12 tribes offered buyers a quarter of their deposit money back as they'd conceded the project would never be built. Some funders sued, as did the bank that funded the project, for $11.8 million, and the tribes eventually sold the property. So in that article, she's basically bringing into light that there's some suspicion about whether or not the 12 tribes, like, set fire to one of the condos that they had to collect the insurance i guess on it and then in the second one they raised money to make this project and then it didn't end up happening. And they offered the people who invested it in like 25% of the money that they had put down.
0: Right. They just like set it on fire and like burned it to the ground
1: or well, something. Well, that one, they just put the pilings into the ground. But then the housing market crashed oh. in 2009. So then they're like, OK, we're not doing it. And so everyone was like, well, you can't just do that. Like you yeah. <laughs> you, ha- you signed a deal. You said you were going to do this. You right. have the money to do it. Do it. Yeah. And they just were like, we're not going to do it. Here's 25% of what you guys gave us back.
0: This is just so many different types of skills scams that it's almost impressive. Like there's insurance scams. There's um, saying you're going to build something and then never building it. There's uh, acquiring everyone's assets. Who's a member of this group. There's having like child labor in a factory. There's having women cutting tomatoes in their kitchens and like having 24 hour delis that don't make money. Like it's very interesting. I wonder if that's part of the reason why none of these people are in jail is because the government is like, man, it would take so fucking long to do like forensic accounting of all of these different organizations and figure out where the money's actually coming from. So we're just not even going to bother because it's so convoluted and there's so many different scams running at the same time that like it would take years and years to even figure out.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I think is like I think that they can't really pin one person down. The organization is behind all of this, but it's not really because a lot of these LLCs are operated by individuals in the organization. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. So, what's interesting is that fires seem to follow the 12 tribes. In fact, in December of 2021, at about 1030 a.m., a grass fire near Boulder, Colorado, quickly grew into the most destructive fire in Colorado's history. The blaze of the Marshall Fire was traced back to a single neighborhood. The neighborhood in question has ties to the 12 tribes. The investigation into what or who set the blaze continues today. And that fire was the ignition for much of the current fascination with the 12 tribes in the Yellow Deli. Before that investigation of the Marshall Fire, not much was thought about the 12 tribes in their delis. However, today, day, curiosity is turning its head towards the practices behind the group and its businesses. Apparently days before the Marshall Fire destroyed over 1,000 homes and burned 6,000 acres and killed up the two people. One man was killed and one woman went missing. A concerned passerby had called police to warn them of a fire at the location where the Marshall fire began. Firefighters investigated the fire and they didn't extinguish it because it was a legal trash fire being burned in a dirt field. The fire was burning at the 12 tribes property. Oh shit. The man told the firefighters he saw fires like that all the time. The man that was burning things told the firefighters that he would be burning railroad ties for the next few hours. And he also had a front end loader and a water source established for the control measure. That day that the man was burning the railroad ties, there were no fire bans and there was no wind warning. Six days later, the same person who reported the first fire noticed that there was a fire burning at the same spot. Apparently, fires were burnt regularly on the property and neighbors attest to this fact and even note that fires appear to have been out of control lately. According to an article for the Denver Post, Quote, the Boulder County Sheriff's Office initially refused to make public any records about its visits to the 12 tribes compound in the past, but since reversed course. On Saturday, the sheriff's office released reports that showed deputies had been called to the property seven times since 2014 for issues not related to fires or burning. Then, on Tuesday, the sheriff's office released a list of 30 calls for services at the compound between 2018 and 2021. That list included calls for trespassing, medical problems, welfare checks, child issues, parking, and a noise complaint as well as 12 calls about controlled burns. Controlled burn calls are made by property owners to alert authorities to planned fires. Most of the calls about controlled burns at the 12 tribes were made in the spring and the early summer of 2020 by a man that was affiliated with the group. The call list also shows that a passerby had called authorities about a non-structure fire at the compound in April of 2013. The response to that call was prioritized as an emergency, the records show. The records released by the sheriff's office don't include the passerby's call on Christmas Eve about the Marshall trash fire. And I want to take a moment to point out that despite residents claiming they had called and authorities responded to a fire in the same location that the devastating Marshall fire started, it wasn't recorded in the log. So why was that call not included on the list when we just heard about all the different calls that were bringing people there? Why would they not record that one call that seems to have been linked to the Marshall Fire. That's,
0: yeah, that's crazy.
1: According to the article, it's because they entered that dispatch record under a different address. So, why would that address be entered incorrectly? They've obviously logged like calls from there several times at the correct address. So, it's not like they didn't know what the real right. address was. Could the police have been trying to cover up something regarding the fire? As it turns out, on the day of the Marshall Fire, the county was under a high wind warning from the National Weather Service. Red flag warnings are issued in circumstances to prevent wildfires, and in Boulder County, burning is prohibited whenever there's a red flag or a high wind warning. But according to that article, the National Weather Service didn't issue a red flag warning on December 30th because relative humidity didn't fall low enough to qualify for a warning. The Marshall Fire Prompted an investigation into how something like that could ever happen. According to the agency meteorologist Greg Hansen, everyone's starting to go back and they're looking at the Marshall Fire and they're like, How could this happen? It was a super windy day. Clearly, like it should have been a red flag day, but the red flag wasn't issued because the humidity wasn't correct. But the police had been called to that location several times that week and even that morning for these burned fires and so I'm like could this be that the 12 tribes have deliberately set this fire in order to burn up a bunch of their property so that they could collect insurance or something like that and they hadn't intended on it like spreading as far as it did but they couldn't stop it once it started
0: I mean who's to fucking say this whole thing is just very shady though because like you were saying why are there all of these logs of all these other calls but there's not a log of a call happening in like close proximity to this terrible fire that killed possibly two people
1: most haunted of all is that the Twelve Tribes might be a suicide cult. What? Rumors whispered by those claiming to have inside knowledge of life in the tribe believe that the tribes are waiting to gather an army of 144,000 male virgins before the Second Coming of Christ can happen. What? Even darker, some believe that the Second Coming of Christ is actually a suicide pact that requires the Twelve Tribes to gather the 144,000 male virgins before a group suicide will take place. Now, whether or not that's true is highly debated. I can't say. I haven't been in the But I do know someone who has today on LGH we are going to interview a trio who has infiltrated the 12 tribes Colorado compound and their story is fucking insane. Do you want to take this call?
0: Yes. Also, I just want to point out really quickly how like low of a bar is set that when you said 144,000 male virgins, I was like, that's refreshing male virgins.
1: I know, right? It's usually always women. Yeah, Yeah,
0: but it's not. That's like fucked up because now I'm like, shit, they're like probably finding like these young boys and like bring it. But who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have a million thoughts swimming through my mind. I'm very ready to hear what these people have to fucking say. That's insane. I can't believe you found three people that have been in this cult before that are willing to talk about it.
1: I feel like I just don't know what's going on because there's so many weird connections. So remember LGH listeners, Haunties a long time ago when Allie and I went to Storm Area 51. Yeah. We <laughs> can en- forget? We encountered a very haunted individual named Ben Schneider, who on the video was saying, I'm Ben Schneider, I'm a ghost. Remember he had like a neck brace on? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Vaguely. Through some fucking weird turn of events I ran into Ben through my friend Lydia you guys might know Lydia she's been on the podcast before she talked about uh, the witch's seed seed. correct and so through this like weird haunted web of people we have now found ourselves able to talk to some people who actually infiltrated this cult I'm not going to do a lot of talking for them because honestly I don't know what the fuck they did why they did this (laughs) these are all the questions that we're going to ask but I would like to introduce live on the podcast now with us we have Ben Schneider you can follow him on YouTube at Reckless Ben and Danny Burke his YouTube channel is Danny Burke D-A-N-N-Y B-E-R-K we're gonna link all of this in the show notes you guys and then Lydia you can follow her on Instagram if you aren't already it's at Lydia Wren welcome to the show guys
2: Yeah, thank Hi. you. It's nice
1: to be here. we're super happy to have you and I guess my first question for you is what the fuck why <laughs> did you decide to do this so
3: basically my girlfriend at the time I took her to this restaurant called the Yellow deli just because I just wanted to take her on a, on a date and uh, it was just a, it's just a really weird restaurant it's open for 24 hours and she got a really weird vibe out of it because they have no personality they just looked sad the whole time and uh, she just got a really weird vibe so she googled it and she she found an article about investigation in the UK for child labor and child abuse. And she goes, this, this should be a Reckless Ben video. Because, like, my best friend, Reckless Ben, he's one of the best YouTubers out there. He infiltrates things. That's what he—that's literally what he does. He went to Scientology with spy glasses. So she
0: oh, that's like, dope. You should
3: do this video with Reckless Ben. So I hit up Reckless Ben. He was
2: super into it. He's like, dude, we're doing this video together. And Ben, I don't know if you want to add on to that. Yeah, so, I mean, you explained it perfectly. Yeah, you're basically just like, dude, there's this crazy cult. And we look it up, and there's pretty much nothing on that. Like, it's all conspiracies it's all just like kind of how you said Nat. you said we don't know if any of this is true like maybe these guys are abusing their children maybe they're gonna do a suicide pact maybe they all have their people like do slave labor and stuff but like no one really knows for sure it's just all people that come out of the 12 tribes and say like this is what goes on inside but there's no like proof so we were like let's just go in and just find out once and for all like actually what's happening so basically we're like okay so to do this we can't just go in there and film like they're gonna they're gonna tell us any of their secrets, you know, because otherwise they wouldn't be secrets anymore. So, Danny ordered nine spy camera glasses. Yeah. <laughs> we got, like, five spy pens. There's a few other spy cameras that I don't want to come out and say right now, just because... Uh,
1: right, you don't want to ruin it for everyone.
2: Like, like, we gotta keep our secrets a secret, but in, so far they've caught our spy glasses they've cut our spy pens and our spy watch but the other spy cameras we gotta keep a secret for now we're still like undercover of it so that's why we don't want to release the other spy cameras but basically ben went to the yellow
3: deli with me and they just started talking to us and we acted like we were really really wanted like understand what they believe in and then we got invited to a wedding and then in our episode one it kind of shows of like how we got invited to their farm where they all live they kept saying a lot of times during the wedding was
2: like
1: so hold on let me interrupt you you infiltrated the cult you got in and And there was a wedding happening between two members in the cult.
2: Yeah, basically, our waiter was just like, yeah, like, we're having a wedding. I think it was, like, the guy who, like, originally hosted us. He was, like, the host of the front. He's like, I'm getting married. And, like, they just invited us. And we are like, yeah, we're down. Because I think what they do is they use their yellow deli almost as a recruitment device. So you go there. You have a good time. It's, like, really good food, but for cheap. And you're like... Wow, I really like this place and they say. Okay, come join our cult and then you're like more likely to join, you know, rather than just like
1: Yeah, they lure you in but we had to come up
3: with fake backstories obviously because we wanted to go into this cold as virgins because like like you were saying in the beginning of this podcast about how they believe if they recruit 144,000 virgins all the virgins will get sacrificed in Yahshua They're like Yahshua is their Jesus and they believe he'll come back if, after the group's suicide so I went by Daniel the surfer virgin because I used to be a, like a semi-pro surfer so I, I knew everything about surfing they don't believe in sports so I thought it'd be funny to kind of troll them in that way and then Ben's just Ben's slackline because Ben used to be professional slackliner didn't ask for our last names at all and we just like had to stay in character the whole time and just it was it was honestly a lot of anxiety because you just had to be consistently lying the whole time
1: do you think that they were ever catching on to you thinking oh these are just two youtubers who are trying to like fuck with us
2: not at all The glasses, though. Well, they kept asking about our glasses, but they I don't think they ever even slightly suspected that we were YouTubers trying to mess with them. They kept asking about Danny's glasses, and every time he would say, oh, I have a lazy eye, I think they fully believed, because they would come up to Danny afterwards and say, I'm so sorry about your lazy eye. In my opinion, I think they wouldn't have told us the stuff that they told us in the later episodes if... We didn't have their full
1: trust so did you have full confirmation that they actually believe they're going to sacrifice these one hundred and forty-four thousand virgins is that really a euphemism for suicide or is that kind of like a flowery way of saying like oh we're going to devote ourselves to god like because that's one of the things that people talk about when they talk about this is like we don't know if that's actually something that they're teaching and that they're working towards
2: with The invention of the internet, that's never going to happen. Like I remember for Scientology, if you look at graphs, I haven't actually looked at a timeline of 12 tribes yet, but in Scientology at least, the graph of population of Scientology is going up and up. It's getting more popular each year. And then the invention of the internet comes out and people find out what's really going on and then it just plummets, you know? And so I'm assuming the same thing happened with 12 tribes. Like now there's information out there, especially the series. Like we're just trying to put more information out there. The more information that's out there, the less people that'll join. There's no way they're going to get 144,000 virgins. There's no way that they're going to recruit that many people. So first off, it's not going to happen. Is
1: that something that they like outright said, oh, we need 144,000 virgins to sacrifice? Because that's what I can't find. Like, I've looked through yeah. the text.
2: The guy told me, he said, he's like, it's we gonna have be a- like he said, we're going to be is. uh, good as Yahshua which is they're like God they believe in and he said it's gonna be like 144,000 Yahshua's dying in the end and we're all gonna be connected by spirit you know what I mean so like we're gonna be out of our bodies mm. and into spirit but the part that's vague is whether or not they're gonna be the ones killing themselves or th- or whether they're gonna all huddle in a circle and they're like oh we'll just wait for Jesus to kill us you know like that's the vague part like wow up to interpretation i guess whether that means they're all gonna get like kool-aid and they'll drink it and kill themselves or whether they're gonna i mean another possibility is they go just sit in the field and just wait for jesus to kill them
1: yeah or another possibility could be like they believe that they're fighting like it's supposed to be an army right so they believe that they're fighting for god and it's going to be in some sort of like crusade situation where they have to like fight people who are like not of their same beliefs or whatever they
2: believe that actually i don't think they're the ones that have to do the fighting maybe it is they but the way it was described to me is that the devil's actually gonna come on earth and kill every single other person that's not like oh, wow. food in the farm. Kind of actually the reason that they farm all day every day, you know? And in my opinion, that's just like kind of the restaurant telling them, like, hey, like, we, we want like free labor and stuff. But
1: I wanna ask you guys about your specific experiences working. Like, what, where, where, which business did you work at? And tell me what a typical work day was like. And, uh, you know, like, did you have conversations with coworkers? Did it feel like you were just working a normal job, but you weren't getting paid? Or like, what was it like? Ben
3: and I, we had different roles because like, so the spyglasses glasses, they only record for an hour and 30 minutes. That's why I bought like nine of them. And then Ben had like six spy watching And basically, like, how are we going to charge them? Because they don't believe in like technology like that or anything or, 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 or we're going to blow the cupboard. So I have to lie to them first. And I just say that I was house-sitting in Point Loma for a month watching this guy's dog and this little cat, but I was like, I can come back each day, I I just can't spend the night and I only said that so I could go home each night upload all the footage to the hard drive empty the memory card and recharge all the spy gear for the next day so Ben was living there with a spy watch and Ben would like secretly charge these spy watches so then I would come back every single day Ben would say he's gonna go pray go climb up the mountain We strategize like what we're gonna do for the next day and then like basically all day you work manual labor with no pain because if you're baptized if you're a baptized disciple into this tribe you have to give up everything meaning you're families, your money, anything you own. We have this phone footage of them saying this. Anything you own, you were just dedicating your whole life to Yashua. So, like, if you're working manual labor, it doesn't matter because you're doing this for Yashua. We were farm-based. To answer your question, we were farm-based. So, like, part of the coal actually lives at the Yellow Deli. And it's because it's open 24 hours. They oh, live wow. at the restaurant. But we were farm-based. So, like, we basically did manual labor all day and then you worked at the yellow deli for twice a week and ben was doing more labor than me because like i was fake house sitting you know and going home each night and doing all that uploading the footage and all that stuff so ben i don't want to I, I, I want you to take over now and kind of talk about your manual labor experience because it
2: sucked for me but ben also
3: worked more hours than me because i left
2: yeah i'll say this it was pretty much non-stop work from the moment you wake up until you sleep which i mean you get, like, a little break when they do their little, like... They have, like, a group meeting. They call them menha where Or, like, you kind of just get to stand up in front of the community, voice your opinions, concerns about things. But besides, that's an hour in the morning and an hour at night. And then you have about an hour for dinner. And besides that, you're pretty much working from when you wake up until you sleep. And yeah it was intense manual labor so like there was one day or actually a couple of days where they just had me farming just shoveling mulch and shoveling manure for 10 hours straight in 100 degree heat and i'm like literally dying and on those days i was actually like honestly like wow like i'm ready to up. like i don't think and, like it's not gonna be worth like how however great the series turns out i don't think it's gonna be worth it because i can't Do this much longer, which is crazy because they do that every day, pretty much.
3: Basically, we had to do this manual labor because the whole goal was to stay there as long as we can, and we wanted to gain their trust. If we (laughs) gain their trust, they're going to release all their secrets to us about like what they believe in because they feel like we
2: want to be baptized. Yeah, because like no normal person would spend ten hours shoveling mulch. Okay, this guy's worthy of us to learn secrets. That's why we did it. At the end of the day, but it was hard. And then you have to wear long sleeves and long pants. It's a hundred like. 100 degrees with the sun beating on you like it was just the worst thing ever i mean sometimes it would get easy he'd be like oh go and pick tomatoes or go and pick like cabbages or something like that was more of the easy work or like hurting the lambs that was fun but then also you said uh do we like talk and stuff so sometimes we were able to like bring up conversation stuff but most of the conversation happened during dinner and during like the menhaws and like during the praying sessions but every once in a while i was able to get up and talk during like the manual labor but the bad thing was the man labor was so intense that like it kind of just turns everyone into zombies. You try and talk to people, and then the response back a lot of times is just like, oh,
1: yeah. What did you eat during this time? Because I know that they supposedly take care of, like, any needs you have with food. And so if they're working you that hard, how were they, like, replenishing you? And what times did you eat at? Did you get to eat three meals a day? I'm not, not going to lie. Yeah, it is three meals a day.
2: The food wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The food was not great, pretty good. bad compared to the Yellow Deli. Yellow Deli food was phenomenal. When you're working <laughs> at the farm, it was... Below average, I would say. However, what they were good about, I'll give them this. If at any point I was like hungry or thirsty for something, like say I'm like doing manual labor and then I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. They're not gonna be like, oh, wait until dinner. They're gonna be like, oh, we have like a bunch of snacks. Like, here, we'll make you something. So they were really nice about that, making you feel like you're at home. Because, especially because we're new, maybe would get worse later but that's pretty stereotypical cult behavior i guess is like when you have newcomers join like you have to like make them seem like everything's like it's a perfect utopia you know what i mean yes. if we requested anything especially the first week i was there If we requested anything, like, they did anything to meet our needs, you know what I mean? Because they wanted to make it seem like, this is your new home, this is where you belong. And then, like, I guess I could see on week two, like, a lot of the, like, friendliness started to go downhill a lot. I mean, but even then, during the second week, like, and even to a full member, like, if they were hungry, they could always go out and just, like, eat something. These chopsticks, I've never seen a full... Everything you eat,
0: chopsticks. Yeah, as you guys are talking, I have a lot of questions that are popping up. The first thing that I wanted to ask is, what do you mean when you say they don't believe in sports? Is it like similar to Christian science where they just don't believe in like anything that could be interpreted as like an intervention upon God or is there some other ideology?
2: What this cult fundamentally believes in is the Bible. They think that your whole life has to be dedicated to God. That's what it says in the Bible is that like, if you're doing anything that's not following the Bible, then it's technically a sin. So sports, for example, is not mentioned in the Bible. So that's a sin. They think that sports is a big thing that can like consume people's lives, like especially in today's world. There's so many athletes, and so they basically see it as these people are living their like professional athlete lives, they're, they're dedicating their whole life to these sports. When in reality, they should be dedicating their lives to God. Yeah, on
3: my episode two, I, I wanted to gain their the trust. I had this whole speech at the menorah in front of everyone basically saying that surfing is such a selfish sport. Why do I even surf? And then I, I basically told them I sold my surfboard because I want to dedicate my whole life to this and all that stuff just to get in their trust.
0: When you say that they follow the Bible to a T, does that mean they also hold beliefs like women are second class citizens or that children can be sold into marriages or that slavery is allowed? Where Where do they draw the yeah. line? You
2: are actually correct on all of that. And that's where Lydia comes into play. So basically, Lydia 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 shows up and I told him that Lydia was my uh, fiance. I was like, well, after the marriage that we saw there, the wedding, it was like really a strange wedding. I was like, I want to get married and try to be hilarious. So I told him, I was like, well, me and my fiance Lydia, we're going to actually get married in like 10 days. So like, what if we just have our wedding here? They were kind of like, oh, well, you're white, she's Chinese. At first, they're like, oh, that's like not good because like you guys are different races. Like, I don't think you guys should get married. And then I was like, well, screw this. Like Lydia will just be a wild card character now. So I was like, Lydia sometimes has thinks that other girls are hot. Like, what do I do about that? And then that's where we really got to see uh, their true values come out. Do you believe if you're gay that God should kill
3: you? Or if you have gay thoughts, that you should be punished for it. Our whole thing was that we just wanted to see how they would react. They're all about, like, the women need to be in the kitchen and be, like, submissive to the men. And then Lydia would, like, roll them and be like, well, Ben always cooks. <laughs> it would be, like, all weirded out because the women are supposed to cook. And then basically the next day, we told them that she's in the hospital with pneumonia. And uh, we're like, is that because she's, like, had gay thoughts about women? And they fully believed that she was in the hospital because God was punishing her for having a gay thought.
1: Wow. wow.
3: So, Along the way, also, they they keep telling me how, like, we don't believe in medicine. Like, no one here takes medicine. So, like, even when women give birth, we don't give them pain medicine. If, like, there's
2: a complication in the childbirth, it's just, like, the child just has to die. Like, if we can't save it, then we don't want to go to a hospital and have a hospital person save it because then they're just interfering with God's plan. Like, women should actually feel the pain of childbirth. He says that word for word. says women should feel the pain of childbirth because that's how god created women so basically so we tell them like okay lydia's sick with pneumonia can we take medicine and obviously they say no they're like well they don't say like no she can't take it because lydia's not actually a member but what they say is they say like basically now that you're a member ben you can't go and like help her else you're not like accepted in our community anymore and so if you encourage her to take medicine like you're like no longer allowed here pretty much so now i'm telling them she if she doesn't take her medicine she's gonna die and like in her dying wish is that she sees me one more time. Oh my God. Like, you said this is her. She's gay, and they're like about her. And <laughs> that's how we end the third episode. It's kind of that cliffhanger. They basically even still tell me you know, they're like, you just have to let her die. Like you can't go see her. Like belong here now
1: pretty much that is crazy to me you know it's like silly like we laugh about it now but it's really sad to think about people who are actually indoctrinated into this you know maybe their parents are in it they've grown up in it maybe they you know didn't have any other forces in their lives this was the only way that they were going to be able to survive is to be in this cult and be taken care of essentially by these people and to think that like their health would literally be at risk with these people you know it's it's sad to think of someone who's like actually dying uh, or their child's actually dying and they have to choose between the cult that is like supporting them that they have been brainwashed by and like seeing their child i mean like from the outside it's easy we would be like fuck the cult go see your kid but it's sad to think that some of these people probably don't
4: what i noticed is that so um when i went there they literally made me work in the kitchen and then they were teaching me all of these things about like cooking right because i told them i don't know how to cook and they were like super shook and they're like oh like does your mom cook and i was like no my dad cooks and they were very unhappy with that answer and I was like being 100% real because like my dad's a great chef my mom doesn't know how to make shit and while I was there talking to all the women what I noticed is that a lot of them are you know like single mothers who had their kid when they're really young and like it was actually really unfortunate because I realized that those people didn't have a support system so when they went to the call and then you know like they were you know they definitely had like their kid on their mind too because they want their kid to have family so the one that went to the call they got a support system and they were just stuck there and they never left. Once they're there, of course, like I definitely felt like a lot of misogyny, especially like the way they were talking about like my clothing. So the first day um, when I went to the wedding, I wore just kind of like you know like a skirt and like a corset top what you know I'd wear to you know any type of event um and of course somebody came and was like hey do you mind putting on this longer skirt so the next time when I went back as like Ben's big fiance I deliberately wore probably the most conservative outfit I have it like it was a white dress that went down to my fucking ankles on short sleeve because it was hot and I wore boots yeah and still they complained about my outfit they complained to Ben and they were saying that like oh you should tell lydia to dress better they
0: wouldn't even tell you
4: they went to bed and said you need to tell your woman to put on more clothes
0: because that is distracting (laughs) wow Uh, did they describe Yahshua as a physical being like jesus when he came down to earth or is he more of a concept and omniscient like god uh
2: they basically just said it's the jesus the bible talks About, but they think the Bible got it wrong that his name is not actually Jesus, it's actually Yahshua, or the translators translated it wrong. Yahshua is
4: actually just
2: Jesus in Hebrew. I looked it up, and apparently, professional translators have actually proven that Yahshua is the wrong translation. I think Yahweh might be more of a correct translation, but they believe in Yahshua. I think they like made it up why. He told me why, and the reasoning was so strange. <laughs> but he you know, like it, it just sounds made up, in my opinion, which is what most translators say. Also, um,
0: my second question is, what was the demographic? of the members on the farm and the deli.
2: I would say it's 97% white people. It's actually almost every other comment now I'm getting on my video is, you claim that this cult hates black people. But there's a black guy sitting right there how can that be possible this is proof that you're wrong and the cult is right and i mean you can think that until you watch maybe our episode five i would say where they are extremely hateful towards the black community they're basically saying black people were better before the civil war when they were slaves because the only purpose a black person can serve in this world is to be a slave towards a white person and if they're not a slave then just by being black they're they're sinning they're doing like they can't function as society unless they're slaves to white people. And uh, he went on this whole rant about how black people are just destroying society and it, it was... I literally was like you'll hear it when in the audio like it's just him talking and me being like uh uh and he's like are you catching this and I'm like I I, I don't know like I really couldn't like like, I knew they were racist but like, I didn't know they were this racist you guys have a surprise coming that's all I have to say and they were saying
4: it
3: right in front of the only member that was black
1: and what was his response
3: you're just kind
2: of annoyed.
4: They really don't believe in interracial marriage. They, like, told them multiple times without ever really knowing me. It's like, oh, yeah, like, Lydia will not be good for you. Like, shit, you guys shouldn't get married just because, like, you know, I'm Chinese and he's white. And then when I was there, there's, like, a, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, what are you? Like, what are you? And I have to be like, what do you mean? And then I eventually I understand they're trying to ask, like, what my ethnicity was. And then there's this one guy who was like, oh, like, what are you? And I was like, oh, well, I'm Chinese. And he was like nice, when you're in the kitchen, are you gonna make us some sushi? People would ask me weird questions about China when I was there too. Like they were talking about like, um, you know, just a lot of generic stuff where it's like, they're like, oh, like one child policy. And they're like, do they still have small feet there? You know, like, all of these things that I think, like, a normal, like, uh, progressive person in California would never bring up in front of me, you know?
1: I have a question in regards to child abuse. They uh, supposedly, like, whip their children with the balloon sticks and, like, read rods. They, you know, talk about corporal punishment. So I was wondering if you guys had witnessed any of that, or did they try to kind of keep that behind closed doors?
3: Yeah, 100% happens. We know exactly when they're doing it. And I'll just say one of our last days, Ben told me to follow them, and it was the scariest thing. And that's all I, that's all I gotta say, you gotta wait for that episode. But I, I followed uh, a mom and her kid, because I knew, and we know exactly when they're going to get beat, like we know. And yeah. they beat them for the wrong reasons. We saw this three-year-old get taken to the back because he had his hands in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Boom, taken to the back. It's so uh-huh. sad.
1: I fucking hate that. Well, so I just wanted to say thank you guys very much for coming on the show. You guys have provided a lot of insight into this crazy cult, uh, the 12 tribes. And I think that this is going to help a lot of people to understand how we can uh, go about Uh, refusing to support this organization which is clearly hurtful if you guys want to see what happens more in depth uh, you guys have to go to the youtube channels of danny burke and reckless ben and follow lydia on instagram we'll have all of their information linked down in the show notes below and you guys do us a huge favor here on lgh and just go ahead and leave a comment there on their content spam them a little bit help them with their algorithm be like let's get haunted sent me you guys are fucking crazy ask them your questions i'm sure they'll respond because i know i have a lot more questions like why the fuck would you do this and like you know just personal questions about what was it like w- more specific about that but we don't want to spoil your guys's episode i know there's not like a whole lot you guys can talk about so everyone listening to this go give some love click on those links we sent and help blow this up because i think that people need to understand how harmful this cult is they're operating out there legally under the 501d the government is essentially like on a wobble right now they're not sure if they need to shut them down because there's reports of child abuse um or they're not sure if they like deserve the first amendment to be able to practice their religion uh as they please and that's kind of the question here is like at what point do we step in and say okay you can't be that free
4: you know
0: freedom isn't that free right i did see lydia raise her finger i don't know lydia if you had a An additional comment? So
4: when we first get to the wedding, right, as soon as I get out of the car, you know me, like, I love animals, so I see this goat from far away, it was a weird looking goat. It was huge. And it was just standing there. You know, while Ben and Danny were like talking to people, I ran up to the goat, I was like looking at it, and when I first got there, it was literally standing completely still staring at me. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this goat? I was like, oh my god, it's a skinwalker. The goat literally did not behave like an animal. You know, like, I worked with a lot of animals, like, I've been around animals, that goat did not behave normal. So I was like, oh that is really creepy. We're at a call and they have a skinwalker go. It was massive and ugly as fuck. So I ran to like, you know, like Dan and Danny. I was like, I was like, guys, guys, come look at this go. It's a fucking skinwalker. Come look at this go. And of course them being atheist motherfuckers were like, oh like what no, it's just a go So I was like, guys, come look, come look at it. So everybody walks into the go And as soon as a men get to the go the goat starts being weird as fuck. The ghost is going like doing this weird thing with their mouth and started coming towards us, they're squirting this weird liquid onto us. Tribe member runs down over to us and says, Do not touch the goat. And I said, Why can't I touch the goat? He was like, For courtesy. I was like, what do you mean for courtesy? And then I was like, the goat like um got really excited. It was like, you know, screaming at us, and also he like peed on us. The guy was like, that is not pee, that is semen. And I was like, whoa, the goat came on my life. He was like yes, fucking is all this goat is good for, nothing else. And let's leave the goat. I was like, that is weird. This goat literally just comes when people are near it. And then I was telling them, I was like, guys, this is so weird. This goat just like comes and command. And we all thought it was funny. We're like, ha ha, that's hilarious. But later that night, when Ben was doing research, one of the things he found was that the cow also has a problem with bestiality.
1: Oh my God. Oh.
4: One of the tribes, um, the leader said, um, if you have slept with an animal, you must kill it. And the next morning, half of the animals on the farm were dead. No. From goats, cows, chickens, lambs, everything.
0: What the fuck? Like, but the that
4: was probably that we the said- weirdest goat I have ever met. It was it really was
0: weird. weird. The only thing is we didn't
3: we didn't focus on that, so we don't really know anything else about the goat. But, like, if you pet that goat, like, on its head it starts getting really, really hard and just gets a massive boner and just starts coming. Um, like, like, on command. But also, we don't know the facts about it. Because we do the, the just call itself, not the goat.
0: I'm going to need you to gather the facts. Yeah. I need to know all the facts about the goat that is a skinwalker that comes on command.
3: Then, let's put a spy camera
4: where the goat would
3: live.
0: Yes!
4: Oh my god, god, no! It's gonna be so illegal once we have bestiality on camera. You know what I mean? Like, that's on us. No, that's not like, on no. you. That's, that's not you, on that's you. That's
1: you guys exposing them. Yeah. Send these fuckers to jail for a long ass time. They yeah. abuse children
3: and animals. They really, they really, like, it's kind of hard to believe because they're just so virgin at this cult. They're, like, so virgin and, like.
4: Because they're so virgin and so horny. That's why the, they fucked the goat. That's
3: true, but we don't have the facts on that. But it did come on command. It did come
4: on
0: command. <laughs> So, allegedly,
4: me, when I was there alone, the goat did nothing. And as soon as a boy started coming over, the goat started coming. Right, because it's yeah. used
1: to
0: men. We better
3: bent headed
4: it, and like some
3: weird stuff has come out of its penis as well. So, it's like, it's weird.
0: You guys, <laughs> that is outrageous. That is craziness. But I think uh, that could be maybe uh, the next part of your documentary because that would be proof of an actual illegal crime that could maybe get them taken down.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's anybody out there who is, like, pro-bestiality. No. Like,
0: there might be some people who are like, oh, spanking your kids,
1: that's
2: fine. I don't think the cult is pro-bestiality. Otherwise, the cult leader wouldn't have said, you have to kill every animal you slept with. I think they just do it because they're just so horny all the time. and they have no way to get their horniness out. Like, this cult doesn't allow any way for them to get their horniness out.
1: Okay, well, they don't have to fuck a goat. They could actually masturbate. He
4: didn't jerk off for three whole weeks just because, like, people there are so conservative. Everything they do is, like, so virgin that he, like, couldn't get a horny for three entire weeks. But also, I'm just cold. You're not allowed to have chocolate. Like, chocolate
3: is not allowed there because they believe it makes you horny. So, like, when I had ice cream, like, at night after dinner, there'd be no chocolate at all. Like, chocolate is so, is, that is so, is, like... Ben and I brought chocolate to the cold. I was created by the devil. Yeah. Thanks
1: guys so much for coming on the pod. Uh, my closing thoughts about this conversation are, is it a skinwalker that's getting, <laughs> that's getting that's fucked? That's just coming? Yeah. That's just like, oh, this is the perfect tribe for me to get fucked at. So I'm just going to take the shape of a goat and that way I'll get <laughs> fucked. Or is it just a, a goat that's being sexually abused by these people? I mean, either way it's fucked up, but I think the most fucked up is knowing that absolutely 100% without a doubt, these animals that are being slaughtered are being used in their restaurants to feed people. And so we might be eating, if you eat, choose to support this, these places, you might be eating animals that have been sexually abused by fucking weird cultists. So if you're still like at the end of this episode, you know what? That's fucking weird. But you know, look, I don't agree with Chick-fil-A and I still eat that because it's fucking delicious. Then you're fucking wrong because at Chick-fil-A, they're not fucking the chickens that you're eating.
0: That's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, thank you guys knew, so much.
4: I knew that would be Nat's favorite part. Well,
0: look, I think our takeaway is regardless of whether or not they're having sex with animals, I think we can say that there's a weird relationship there with animals. Um, just the fact that they said that if you have sex with an animal, you have to kill it. I mean, that to me opens up a little window of like, well, you could have sex with an animal. You just have to kill it, right? Like a normal person would be like, no, you never have sex with an animal. Like, we Even if you were going to kill it. Right. So that little comment alone is like, well, you don't like they don't make laws if
1: people aren't breaking them. Right. Like they say, oh, stop at a stop sign because people like just fucking blow through intersections. Right. So they had to make a law. Um, They say like, oh, if you murder someone, you go to jail because people fucking murder people. Like you don't say, oh, you can't spin around backwards and walk up a hill and like get in a hot air balloon and vomit on people because that doesn't happen. Like, you only, like, make laws or, like, make decrees for shit that happens.
0: Very true. Well, thank you guys so much. I'm going to stop the recording now, but we just want to encourage our audience to definitely check out all of the YouTube channels and social medias that are linked in the description below. Wow. That was crazy, Natalia. I know. I can't believe they did that. Like, it would be Lydia, though. I feel like Lydia would somehow find her way into that situation with no fear you guys may remember her, like we said, from the Witch's Seed episode that we did where she talked about um, like some crazy shit that happened with her mom while um, Lydia was a little baby fetus inside her mom. So you can go back and listen to that episode if you'd like to hear more crazy shit that's happened in her life. But it's both simultaneously shocking to me and also like, of course, it would be her.
1: Yeah. I mean, Ben is just as wild, though. Like, I don't know. They're like chaos magnets. Like, I thought yeah. I was a chaos magnet and I was like, God, why do I have to? like sleep in my garage and like on the floor like multiple times you know yeah yeah but this, I feel like that's like a regular occurrence for them.
0: Yeah. I can't decide like where they would fall on the chaos to good spectrum. Like, is it chaotic good because they're helping expose this cult? Or mm. is it chaotic neutral because it's just like, well, this will be a fun thing to do? Like,
1: I feel like they would be the people in the chaotic good group where everyone was like, do they belong here? Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> but I do think it's a good cause. Yo, ultimately. absolutely. And that's the crazy thing about this is like you were saying, oh, no one knows about this. Like, there's so many Yelp reviews that are on the Yelp. Delhi, and no one's talking about how it was a cult. And I think after the Marshall Fire started, that's when people started being like, Well, wh- where, why, why did this happen? Yeah. You know, why did we have a fucking biblical people doing open air burns on windy days when it's
0: like dry conditions? And why did nobody give a fuck about it? How has this fire, this forest fire, not been linked back to them yet? Like, how has nobody suffered any consequences? Why is there no paper trail on a lot of this stuff? How is it that all of these infractions, are documented across multiple states across multiple businesses but yet there is still no seemingly from my perspective from what you've told me it seems like there's no real consequences like they're still able to operate and go to fish concerts and (laughs) like um indoctrinate vulnerable people that are tripping balls and like I don't and that was crazy too to just hear them talking about like oh there's rumors that some of the tea is like drugged. I don't know. It just seems like there's so much nefarious shit going on from everything that we've heard today. And you and I have obviously not witnessed any of this personally, but like they have video evidence of like at least members, individual members, spewing out like hate speech.
1: Yeah. And the other thing too is interesting is like Back in that article, they were talking about how one of the buildings that the Yellow Deli runs out of was like, hey, we'll offer to pay you like damages in however much money you'll lose by not staying open 24 hours because they were having an issue with homelessness, they say. I don't know what that means. Maybe that means they they were – oh, yeah, they were saying they were having like an issue with like graffiti and vandalism and um, homelessness and so they were kind of saying like, hey – the 12 tribes is sort of, like, attracting these groups of people who need a place to stay that's open late. There's nothing else open, like, around the area, and it's bringing, like, crime to our area. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what the condo was saying. Maybe they were trying to say that because they're trying to get the cult out, but they can't just be like, oh, we want to get rid of you because you're a cult, because that's, like, hate speech, too, right? Right. Because they're, like, a religious group. You can't say, oh, no, we're not going to rent to you because you're a religious group.
0: Do they? So does the Yellow Deli have a stake in that condo? Condo? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But again, it's just like goes to show how convoluted all of this is. Like we're not even sure what they own.
1: Well, and they're also kind of terrifying because they have so much money, and they and then they like literally don't give a fuck about anything. So they could just get a lawyer and like sue the shit out of people until they have
0: nothing. Yeah, yeah. I know it's crazy. It's That's absolutely why crazy. The only people who can take them
1: down are people who have nothing.
0: Yeah, that was absolutely crazy, Natalia. Thank you very much for sharing this story with me. I had never heard of it before. Well. I will say like I had it's crazy to me because like my friend Alyssa who used to live in Los Feliz who came on our show to talk about um the Los Feliz murder mansion back at Christmas of last year she had mentioned to me before like hey there's someone living in my neighborhood that like is part of the Yellow Deli cult. Have you ever heard of Yellow Deli? And I I just assumed it was like a restaurant in Los Feliz. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, no, I've never heard of that. But I didn't even know what she was talking about. And now hearing the full context, I'm like, there's absolutely like weird shit going on because how could someone afford to live in this really affluent neighborhood in Los Feliz and be a part of this organization that is like no 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 it's all for the greater good we pool our money and pool our assets and like we help each other out and like anyone who's downtrodden will like give you a place to live and clothes and pants and shit but then it's like okay but also she had a neighbor that was like affiliated with this organization. And so I had texted her, as you were telling me, um, as like I was listening to this interview that we just had with Lydia and Ben and Danny, and I texted her and I was like, hey, am I remembering correctly that you like knew like had a neighbor affiliated with the yellow deli cult like isn't this what you were telling me about like years ago and she was like oh yeah like allegedly one of her neighbors was like oh yeah i'm i'm i like run the yellow deli and she was like yeah that that's true like that's a rumor that i had heard that i had shared with you and i was like okay, that's fucking crazy because I'm learning about this right now. I'm literally listening to some people who allegedly infiltrated the Yellow Deli cult. Like, this is just crazy. Like, the, And she's like, oh my God, I can't wait to listen to this episode when it comes out. Like, tell me when it airs. But legit, she had a neighbor that said that he was like, I, in some capacity, like, running it or part of it. And it's like he was living in, like, a $3 million home. I mean,
1: I wish I knew more about this cult, like, as we've learned on this episode. That's why it's hard to do a good episode on this. It's hard to find information about them because they're so secretive, probably because they know what they believe in will not fly with modern day, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, like, we have to bring these allegations to light. Like, child abuse, racism, homophobia... These are things that can manifest into violence,
0: exploitation of people with mental illness or people that are homeless or people down on their luck, like exploitation. I'm sorry. Like, look, many of us, I'm sure, who listen to this podcast have been at a music festival high out of their mind. Like, I can't imagine how scary it would be to be high out of your mind see a bus you're like oh that's fun like it'll be warm they're gonna give me food it's like they're gonna like it's a trip sitter right like and then you get on that bus and all of a sudden you just like fucking disappear and your friends can't find you and then four months later you surface at the yellow deli farm okay i have a confession to make
1: you do it When I started researching this episode, I realized that I've eaten at one of these places. When I was traveling abroad, I can't remember. I think it was, like, in Europe somewhere. I was young. I was probably, like, 21. I was backpacking. We were staying at hostels that were, like... We stayed at one hostel in Prague that was $7 that night. So, like, I don't know if you've ever stayed in a shitty hostel. It's, like, bunk beds, and everyone shares the bathroom, and it's disgusting. Right, and and there's, like, shit on
0: the walls. Exactly. and,
1: And it's, like... There's, like, bed bugs and stuff. So... We went and we ate at one of these places that was in this like shitty hostel area that all of the backpackers would go eat at. And I remember someone saying to me like, this place is run by a cult. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, look at the people. And I was looking at the people who were working there and they they were wearing like bonnets on their head. It wasn't uh-huh. even bonnet. It was like a handkerchief tied. And I was like thinking, that's just European. Like they just yeah. dress different <laughs> That's than like us a here.
0: babushka. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then someone was saying like, oh, did you know that this is also a hostel? And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you can stay here for free. Like they just offer like a free place for people to stay if you want. And then me and my friend were looking at each other and we were like, oh my God, should we stay here? Because it's free. Right. And like we have such a small budget for this whole trip. that like should we stay at this place that's free we were thinking about staying there but then we were like oh they don't allow you to have phones like you can't charge your (gasps) phone to have like wi-fi or anything and we were like okay never mind I never made the connection in my mind that is crazy that it was anything weird I thought like oh they just don't want you to have phones because they don't want you to charge wi-fi or something because they like can't afford to have that many people on like the wi-fi or something I don't know
0: I never made that connection yeah damn let this be a lesson that nothing in life is ever truly free, folks. Sometimes you pay for it with your soul. Wow. Wow. Well, very scary, um, very terrifying. Obviously, we don't want to get sued. So this is all alleged and perhaps it's fictional and perhaps it's for entertainment purposes only. But you can be the judge of what you think of this episode because we definitely encourage people to go check out these undercover vlogs that these people we interviewed were talking about. I'm sure they will be linked in the show notes and you can you can be the judge. Who are we to say much of anything?
1: Right. We already have subject X coming after us. Now yeah. we're about to have a fucking sandwich, people.
0: Fuck. I'm telling you, I will never look at a sub sandwich the same way ever again. And I, I just can't. But man, it's so crazy to me that literally guys Google Yellow Deli And look at all of there's like 2005 star reviews and I can't find a single review, at least from the two seconds I was scrolling through Google reviews. Like I could not find a single review that was like, hey, guys, this might be a cult. The last thing I'm going to
1: say is that I find it really interesting, people who said they were born into the cult and they had left when they were like 19 or 14 or whatever. How difficult would that be to leave your parents, Yeah. to leave your community? And they have no idea what the outside world is. They have no access to internet, no computer, nothing. So they might have been told that like, oh, everyone in the outside world is like dangerous, they're violent, they like kill, they rape, they murder. That one
0: lady didn't even know about 9-11. Yeah.
1: But that should have been the way they get you in. They should have just showed everyone nine eleven. They'd be like, "That's what's happening out there." Yeah, never leave. Yeah. Do you want to be here, like taking care of a sheep and
0: and picking apples, or do you want to be out there in nine eleven? Yeah. I know what I'd choose. Give me the sheep any day of the week. Wow, that was crazy, Natalia. Thank you so much for telling this story and providing context to something I had only heard in passing. Had no clue about any of this. I did not know how deep all of this runs, allegedly. You know what's crazy is now,
1: remember in the Georgia Guidestones episode, like one of the theories was that the Georgia Guidestones were created by the 12 tribes, which was like that Christian group. Yeah, now I think for sure it could have been them.
0: Wow. And that, wow. Wow. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to have nightmares about this tonight and every night for the rest of my life until this cult is disassembled or have some more transparency around the freaky shit that they're doing, allegedly. BRB, gotta go bend a spoon with my mind. Bye!